Oh, yes. Oh, God, yes. Compliment my moral character. God, I'm basically a <laughs> martyr. I'm basically Jesus Christ on the cross right now. You're right. Thank you. Somebody finally says it. Oh. out there in internet land it, it's it's been a bit we, we we haven't talked in quite a while have we welcome it's been welcome. like a month <laughs> welcome to Soxcast. finally episode 120 brought to you as always by moon pies moon pies wear your fucking mask you ding dongs <laughs> doesn't need to be any more <laughs> clear than that how do you eat a we can do moon it, pie with the mask back. on uh, guys, guys, we can do it because I'm back. Everybody, like, get all the. I'm not sick. He's yeah, John. You're you're not dead. I'm not dead. You're not. It's amazing. Worried a bit. Uh, yeah, like there was it's this really point. Nice. There was this point in time where it was like, wait, is he gonna die? <laughs> God. And then it was like, oh, yeah, cool. Like... And now it's like, cool. He's not gonna die. I might reverse that sentiment like, sometime yeah. during this podcast, but like right right <laughs> oh now it's God. right now. <laughs> Right now, it's very cool that you're not dead. I know. It would have made it really hard to do our Game of the Decade podcast. That would have been really awkward if we had just soldiered <laughs> I like on. All... I feel like it would have been so funny if we like had just you... done it without you. <laughs> like, sorry. I mean, you understand, right? It would have been real bad. It would have... God, how big dickheads would we have been if we had just done the damn thing without you? Well, if he died, we would have to. Yeah, then it would just be like the, go. it would be like the, the John Thayer Memorial Game of the Decade podcast. Oh my god! Can we still call it that? Even though he's not, favorite. even though he's not dead. Oh, Jesus <laughs> can we can we still call it the John Thayer Memorial Game of the Decade podcast? I veto that. You veto it? Damn! I don't think I've ever been hurt. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, John. I'm still recovering from. Still recovering from the coronavirus, so I'm sipping my tea and taking my cough meds. John still but, you know, got. I, I think I'm well enough to <laughs> podcast now. <laughs> he still got death cough. Um, mm-hmm. Nice. Some, the, oh. the fatal, the fatal illness of anime moms everywhere. I have oh, death yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, so some show notes up front. Uh, game of the decade. Mm-hmm. Provided that none of us are dead by this time next weekend, uh, we will be doing the finale next Sunday, hopefully starting at around 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, And, of course, the archive and the site-based versions of the list will go up after we're finished. We remain very excited uh, for this. And we hope that that after a month, you still are as well. Um, I think we should repost each... (laughs) Repost each... On the Twitter and just retweet and talk about them a bunch again, even though we already did. Look, I, I went, I like, I had already like reposted all of the pages on like the topmost entry, 
just so like people could be reminded hey wait this is a thing that still exists we're still cognizant I still so it's still there but it's just that yeah like you know I'm gonna be being going at everyone just like hey wow look where Skyrim ended up hey come on take a look take a look <laughs> yeah let's just pretend, I know we just did this pretend the first take never happened it was a dry run <laughs> there were a couple of typos that we caught so this is version two going up this week <laughs> Oh, mm-hmm. uh, and I like death that first week. That would have been miserable. That God, yeah, like because like we didn't decide to oh cancel. We didn't just we did not decide to cancel that ep- like the actual the first run. We didn't not decide to cancel yeah. that until like an hour beforehand, and it was just like, oh, is John not going to uh, yeah. say anything, or do I have to be the one to propose this? Because like, the, uh, and, yeah, sorry, because I really wanted to do it. You have to understand, yeah. I really. So weren't you? You were at the point where like you weren't tasting anything at that point. Yeah. It was just like uh, this obviously is not happening. No, that happened like two hours before oh the podcast because I can't taste anything. I was like, well, <laughs> let's take a minute. Let's take a beat. Yeah, like I had to let's be take the a one beat, put it in your mouth and oh, I can't taste it. Can't taste it. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> my new grocery store because my Walmart is still closed is um has pickled beets. I don't know if they even have my canned beets. They're not as Aww. good. I like my can- I like my plain, unseasoned, canned beets out of a jo- out of a can. I, I, That's my jam. <laughs> so another bit, uh, uh, another show note. This coming Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, we have an extra chunky uh, interview episode of the podcast going up. It is a three-hour interview banger. With international cosplayer and uh, CSS in uh, owner, who has the cosplay survival. Uh, oh no, I forgot what it meant. <laughs> oh jeez. The the cosplay survivor support network. Um, uh, her name is Trixie, and she is a fantastic cosplayer. And she was an absolute delight. It's like one of those like where you go in, and it's like this is an interview. Oh no, this is just a conversation with a really cool person, and I'm having a load of fun. Um, so that'll be going up Wednesday. So that's like two big ass episodes of, of, of socks cast for your, for your ear holes this week. Uh, so that'll be going up sometime yeah. on Wednesday. Um, oh, oh, a word of warning. My mic, my microphone's a little blown out in that episode because windows update sucks. Uh, and but, Skype. and Skype, but it's listenable. It's fine. I salvaged it as much as I could. Uh, cool. and, and she is talking most of the time. So her, and her audio is hundred percent fine. So, so that's good. Uh, but yeah, like uh, so, game of the decade next weekend. We're gonna try and get that done finally, and then uh, a Trixie interview coming this coming Wednesday. Three hours, just a whole bunch of talking. Just talk, talk, talk. That's all people do on these damn podcasts is they just they just talk. <laughs> that is kind of the main thing. You know, I hadn't thought about that, but then it's just like, yeah, that is. I mean, sometimes you know, you play like thirty seconds from a song, and then you talk about how bad it was. Yeah, I do that sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> those are, those are particularly fun episodes. Those are good. Those work. We have one of those recording probably at the start of August, so that'll be when that next one comes out. Nice. So, to my immediate virtual right, he can't be despawned by just scrolling him off the screen. It's Rhett. Hello. Hey. You can't be despawned. They can't despawn you. Good. I'm uh I'm part of the entity limit in Mario Maker. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Rhett? You doing okay? It's doing... I'm doing good. It's it's very warm today. Yeah, one of those, like, where it's just like, 
got the the fan and the AC going. Yeah. Because and, and fuck the environment because we're all dying anyway. So <laughs> I saw a thing the other day like ninety percent of America will be over ninety on Sunday, and I'm like, well, and I wasn't like in the map, but I think I am now. Yep. That's like, been age wise so for ever- a second. I was like, man, they really did. Those generations really got out of whack. I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. Because you said ninety percent of America was over ninety, and I was like, that doesn't oh, seem oh. quite right. I. Ninety degrees 90 dip. De- yeah. Oh. oh. Okay. It's hot. Do my immediate virtual left. <laughs> not here. It's like a nice comfy eighty here. Do my immediate virtual left. Saying, no, I like I'm virtual. Do my immediate virtual left. Get up, come on, get down Just with the sickness. John, I hate you. <laughs> Would you not interrupt me? I'm sorry. I'm just so eager to talk. <laughs> It's been so long. I'm going to make you wait I'm now. so alone. We're going to make you wait to talk last now. Oh, boy. No. <laughs> I'm actually, you know, what? I'm excited for John to talk to. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. We know we've, we've got, we got, we got some stuff happening in this episode. To my me virtual left, get up, come on, get down with the sickness. <laughs> it's John Tyre. Oh. How's it going, John? I'm doing well. You're doing well. That's that's good. Yep. You're doing much better now. That's true. I am doing much better with my cross that I'm bearing. The, the horrible. The, I, I am. I have been recovering from the coronavirus, but I'm doing a lot better now. So it's good. It's good to hear about it. It's good to hear. We were worried. You're all deeply worried. Right. My my many without my, my many adoring fans here. All right, like all well. all two of them. Like yeah, just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you said you're a fan. That's nice. <laughs> or that there's two fans somewhere in the chat. There's two fans somewhere in the chat. It's it's not either me, either okay, of it's us. Not. It's not us. <laughs> believe me. Uh, so trust me, you are here because we have just developed a really good tolerance. That happens when you mm. when you deal with that somebody for five years. Um, John. And you have the absence helps the heart go fond- grow fonder. That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> Rhett! My brain is so fried. Hey, Rhett. Hey, Rhett. Like, Hello. How's it going? It's going good. Going good. Going good. Uh, hey, hey, give us let, give us some hot air here. What are you been okay. up to? Okay. All right. So, it's been like three or four weeks since we podcasted. You know what? It's been almost a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I played exactly one game. Wow. For like the vast majority of that. Within the last few days, I've been bouncing around some stuff because I finally finished it. Uh, I played The Legends of Heroes Trails from Zero. I think that's kind of the localized title. Yeah, that's the. Uh, yeah, hey, one of those Trails games again. I have resumed the path. You, you, you are now, yeah. You, hey, congratulations. You were like halfway through now. Oh my god. It's weird. Actually. Less than halfway. You're a little, and then four, then a little <laughs> less than halfway, feels. but you're getting there. But then there's also the promise of more after Cold Steel Four. Yeah, like there's another. <laughs> there's definitely another game coming out in September. Uh, so, oh, oh in, wait, in Japan, September? in Hajimari. Okay, no, yeah, Hajimari, but, I think. yeah, yeah. But four is still a ways off here, right? Four I think four is, is also this year in, in America. Four is in oh, October. So it's only three months okay. away. God. Oh my God, God time is weird. Right, so you are, so you are, halfway through as of now the American releases. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
not counting uh, or counting Ao, which isn't out with the new translation yeah. yet. So basically, I picked up Zero because Geofront said that they are tackling that one finally. Yeah, like that was kind of the barrier yeah. I was waiting to be removed because the barrier. That's funny. <laughs> I know I, I'm, do, I'm doing it on purpose. That's it's just really good. <laughs> It's just that, like, after having played this one with their translation, that is fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't go back mm-hmm. to, you know... Crappy translation. Like, a real rough, not quite machine translation. But, like, so Polly does not like Zero. <laughs> because... I, I don't not like it. I just think that, like, I, I was just bored through most of it because... You said, okay, I, you said it was boring. Because I knew most of what happened I think in that game was, go ahead. from Cold Steel. There's that as well. So, the English releases of these games are just so wild. Because as far as I know, I think Cold Steel 1 came out slightly before second chapter. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god. That's wild. <laughs> like, that is they, so weird. They skipped four games, second, third, and... Five games. Oh yeah, four they games. They technically skipped four games oh. ahead. Half the, you know, current number. Like, I understand why they kind of had to go to Cold Steel, because it's a much more, you know, advanced 3D game. Yeah, so, yeah. like, they could kind of rebuild mm-hmm. a fan base there. But, man, it's really worth going through all of them in order, I feel. It really is. And, and as I continued through the Cold Steel series, that became more and more prominent. Because, Which so, is, yeah. because so many characters from those original games and from the from that crossbell duology start showing up in Cold Steel. So when people keep saying, you don't need to have played the other games <laughs> to play Cold Steel, I'm like, y- y'all are actually fucking insane. Yeah. So it's a shame that, like, the English releases have been so, like, completely scattershot. Like, and even then, for two of them, we're re- relying on these fan translations. Yeah. And, like, I've looked up buying Ao. Mm-hmm. Apparently, like, the only PC version of that game is some weird Chinese one that has, yeah. like, digital online-only DRM. It sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yeah. So that's a bridge I'll just cross in a few months whenever they <laughs> do the translation. and I'll figure it out then. I looked at the guide and was just like, oh, no. <laughs> really? Like, I didn't know that getting the PC version was that much of a pain in the ass until, like, you showed me that guide, and it was like, yeah. what? Like, this is worse than playing Fantasy Star Online version 2 uh, yeah. in America back in the day, which that was, like, a big to-do. Mm-hmm. Even, so, this one was just get it on Yeah, DLC, so that's right? the thing, is, like, DLC has a bunch of older Falcom games. This was, like, the last one they mm-hmm. have. Oh, they have, wow. you know, the three Weird. Cold... They have... Not Cold Steel. They have the three Trails games. They have, like... You know, some of the other Falcom stuff from the early 2000s. And then they have the first Crossbell game, but not the other one. There's no... There's no Japanese or English version of that game on PC. Dang. So, yeah. That's... Huh. I'm not sure how they're going to handle that one. Like, what are they actually translating right now? We're going to have to jump to PSP emulators, possibly. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I'm sure that they're going to apply the patch to the PSP version as well, because I think they have to know that getting the PC version is kind of a pain in the dick. I <clears throat> I don't know. We'll, 
again, I'm I'm not gonna worry about it right now. But they'll find a way. Yeah, like yeah. I just yeah, they'll get they'll get over that barrier. The thing about uh, the PC version of Zero is that oh, this is actually much sharper looking than the Sky Games were. Oh, like, it the is. Characters, yeah, like yeah. The, the 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 like the art is just so much more upscaled. Um, yeah, in a good way. And it's not it's not using like a shitty filter to do it. No, uh, like a, like that Grandia thing where everything just kind of looks like it's a smudge. Mm. Oh, it's so gross. I hate that filter so much. Yeah, I just remember certain parts <laughs> in uh, like Trails Third where they would clearly be using like double resolution yeah. character models, and like this is the whole game is like that. Yeah. And it looks really good. Yeah, like because there were a lot cool. of times in this game where I was like paging back to screenshots from the other games to catch references, and every time I went back to like first chapter, I'm like. Oh, this is so rough looking in comparison. Wow, I didn't really remember. That's really cool because because you look at it and it's like, oh, so it's the same exact style yeah. as the as the it sp- is definitely Sky a game. step forward in that. And like the I mean, menu- that's really nice because I love that style. Yeah. So I think like what's cool about playing these in like the actual order is like I haven't had to make that huge kind of style jump to Cold Steel yet because you know. That game being fully 3D, it's like it's a completely different thing. I it's imagine. a major change. Yeah, and like the menus in this are just a lot more stylish and kind of a little more style over function because like there's a weird thing like when you're equipping your uh, orbments. orbments. Yeah, like they do that. You in ha- yeah, like, like yeah. in Sky because there was so much space on the screen to utilize. They had like you could see which spells you were gaining yeah. or losing as you. You can do that in this, but you have to hold triangle to yeah. like have an overlay over the entire screen. It's a little clunky. That, that, that basically they carry that through mm-hmm. Cold Steel as well. Like that's basically uh-huh. like, like the orbit system. Basically, the refinements they make in the Crossbell games, a lot of those carry over to Cold Steel, and Cold Steel's kind of ref- like refines it by just kind of yeah. making making things even simpler. But they uh-huh. kind of still like are bad with that whole UI thing of not being able to fit like what skills that you are getting on screen. So yeah. you have to like hold triangle. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's a little too bad, but I also thought there was something kind of worthwhile about like looking in the notebook. Like, okay, I'm trying to reach like twelve Mirage four, you know, space four time to get the really good spell that I like. See, like a and lot just... of people I know hate that that you have to like look up the formulas for spells and stuff. But to me, like it added to the experience because it felt like okay, like you're getting to the mindset of being a bracer and stuff. It's kind of fun yeah. that you would have a notebook. Okay, like how would I do this? What's my handbook say about making Hell's Gate? Um, now, like, and, and you kind of lose that in the Cold Steel games because it's just like, oh, well, you just found a quartz that is literally just Hell's Gate, and that's all you get out of it. Oh, oh, geez. It's yeah, very it's, little... it's very specialized and streamlined in Cold Steel mm. when, once you get there. Uh, but they carry over the master uh, quartz idea from the Crossbell games. For me in uh, Sky, it was a lot of, like, just making the numbers as high as I could yeah. and being like, oh, there, a spell popped up. Cool. There we I go. Know that's, I was going to get that. I like this. In this one. <laughs> John did not know what this system was until the oh end of SC. That was very, I felt like such a superhero playing through third, like, oh, I can actually get the spells that I want to have yeah. now. I am so powerful. Y'all have no idea. I'm just gonna yeah. I'm gonna wreck this game. I was playing with playing with weighted ankles, weighted gloves <laughs> this whole time. You were restra- you were restraining yourself. You were restraining yourself because your gigantic egg brain was just like too much for the first mm-hmm. two. You didn't want to make it too easy on yourself. Uh-huh. Exactly, but I didn't want to play hard mode. No. Come on, I'm not that. I mean, that's hard mode in the Sky Games always seems a little weird because it was added like afterwards. Yeah, 
Oh, I didn't know that. I do feel like they maybe rebalanced the spells a little bit this time to be not quite as overpowered. Because I remember That's in the first chapter, I basically just had everyone using Ariel a lot. Because it was a nice big group AoE and it was enough stuff was weak against it. Mm-hmm. Don't think I ever learned that really? one. Really? Oh my god. It, it, it's it, almost it. impossible to not have Shara get it because she has to have like yeah. two wins. Oh, Shit, yeah. Probably, probably Shara got it. Like, that and White Gehenna. That and White, White Gehenna is really ridiculous. Are, are the two that you get by the end of second and third, where it's just like you're just annihilating everything. And Cockatus with uh, uh, with Chloe, like just obliterating yeah. entire maps. So I did. <laughs> I had Tio get like a really strong spell pretty early on mm-hmm. in this, mm-hmm. and then she got like an even stronger one where I just had it was like the max level, and I was like maybe halfway through the game, like. At the start, she didn't even have enough EP to cast it, like, more than once. It's, like, a 250-cost spell, and she had, like, 270. (laughs) But then as I... So it does do the slot upgrade thing where you can, you know, have second-level slots Mm -hmm. on your orbman. So And as you do that, you unlock more EP. Mm -hmm. So she had, like, 800 by the end. And, like, with the EP cut, I was getting that thing down to about 200. And she has one that (laughs) gives her EP back based on how much damage it does. So it started really paying for itself. (laughs) The crossbow games, the crossbow games are where they start really like playing with the idea of making your characters ridiculously useful and powerful, and seeing if they can balance against that. And that 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 also carries through to the Cold Steel games, where like everybody has these ridiculously useful abilities just right out of the fucking gate. Um, And then it's the game playing with you. It's like okay, but I can still fuck you up. And, and that's really That fun. happened to me with, like, the second to last boss in this. Oh, God. The that... first time, I just got completely wrecked. Yeah. And then the second time, because I had done a scan, I knew there's one thing he's not vulnerable. Like, it's very good about showing you, like, every uh, stat yeah. in vulnerability. He's not invulnerable to uh, the turn delay stuff. Yeah. So and just Randy just delay. has an attack <laughs> it's like 20 CP you whack him and it delays his turn so I just did that over and over and over <laughs> along with like a speed he wasn't immune to speed buffs either so I put like a 50% on him Nice. and, and the buffs in this are interesting where they wear off by you getting a turn mm-hmm. so that speed debuff will run out in 3 turns except he never got one again oh wow that's good. <laughs> so the second to last boss in this game attacked once, and then I just completely locked him down the entire rest of the fight. I felt kind of bad. You can do that real easily <laughs> in, in, in Cold Steel 1 and 2 if you play a certain way. You can lock yeah. down almost every boss to never get a turn if you play it really smart. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of times in this where it's just like, okay, Randy, just do the thing to make him slow, and like, Oh, this really strong enemy just isn't attacking anymore. Mm-hmm. We're just so yeah. I so this whole conversation is a little scattershot. Uh, there's a lot of differences between this and the Sky Games. I think this game does feel the most like first chapter mm-hmm. because it is it is starting fresh. Yeah, you know, with a whole new cast. But I think first chapter is just dramatically more focused on characters. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you're meeting new characters in basically every chapter in that game, and, yeah. like, they're all really cool. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this game, you have your party at 
the very start. Yeah, that's like, such a huge difference. Everybody's there and they're growing over the course of this game, rather yeah. than rather than you meeting them, wasting a chapter to learn about them, and then they become integrated. Mm-hmm. In SC, essentially, yeah, or like for the final dungeon, and then in SC, yeah, yeah, like it, and that's this, fine. Like that's still a fine way to handle it. It's just like, I like that. No, I, th- I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah, like it's just very interesting just having your four party members and like, oh, this is just it, huh? This game is about these four characters like mm-hmm. growing together as a team, mm-hmm. and that's really neat. Good, I it's like really that. neat. I, I, I was kind of hurting for that a little bit in SC oh. and third for just yeah. a, just a little bit because like. I struggle mm-hmm. sometimes with the big mega parties of all these different characters and trying to balance them all. And like, oh yeah, the way my brain works, I, I often I can really fuck with an RPG that's just here's your party. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Third was just like use whoever you want. It's they're all everybody's here. Yeah. Use your favorites. They're all use, here. use your favorites and use everybody also. But even yeah. then, like you, they level up so fast at that part. So it's like. Yeah, you, you don't get really screwed there. No. Mm-hmm. But in this, it's it's definitely an interesting take, just having you know the one party for the entire game, essentially. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there are there are a couple side characters that you get for like a dungeon, so you can shake things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it always yeah. feels super awkward when you swap one of your main four out to bring them in because you've just grown like, oh. you've grown with this party over the course of the yeah. game at that point. Because it's like oh. I think Lloyd is maybe not the greatest melee attacker, especially compared to Randy, but he's also kind of the leader. And now he's just in the background, like having like the strength up shout every 10 turns. Mm. Cause like (laughs) when you have more than four characters, like the fifth one will just kind of run in and be like, good, good, good job guys. Keep it up. And then disappear. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, it's very funny. Uh, So the other thing I noticed is that this game, so like first chapter I felt was more character focused in general, this game is significantly more world focused. Yeah. Like it is learning the ins and outs of Crossbell, yeah. a place that I basically fell in love with immediately because it's yeah. very pretty Aww. and it's, it's significantly like even smaller than liberal is. Mm-hmm. So you just really like this place kind of like right that. out of the gate, but then things devolve into, you know, the seedy underbelly of the country and like, there's a lot of factions in this game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is factions. Who yeah. boy. So it's all just a learning about like who is in whose pocket, who is really pulling the strings, you yeah. know, yada yada yada. At at one point I thought like this really reminds me of all things of Fallout New Vegas because Fallout New Vegas is four factions, one town, and they're all vying for control. Mm. And that's really kind of a similar vibe to this game. Mm. And then as well, Crossbell cool. has... So, like, the map is in this game is so small enough that you can go all the way to the east and be right next to Calvert. Yep. And then go all the way to the west and be right next to the Empire. Yep. So, like, there's this, this tension of you being this tiny nation. Yeah, like, they're, this, they're, just, a, they're just a state. They're, they're not even a nation. They're just a state. Uh, that's oh, kind of they're, they're, they're just a state that's sort of autonomous right now. And, yeah. like, basically, like, you've got... You, you've got Calvert and Erebonia. They're both on both sides squeezing Crossbell, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you have going on right now. And it's basically Calvard and Erebonia fighting over who gets it. Uh, they're just kind of the prize yeah. in the middle. Uh, and it's a really it, it, it's a really attractive prize given the advancement in orbital technology that they have. 
Yeah, it's very high-tech and it's very rich. They yes. have the money, which is like kind of the one thing protecting them right now, it seems like. Yeah. So there's all that. Yeah, it's... It's interesting because, like, this game has to work on two levels, really, where it's kind of a new start because it's such a huge cast departure from first chapter, mm-hmm. or just Trails in the Sky in general, not just first yeah. chapter. But then this game absolutely is a direct sequel to Trails in the Sky the third. Mm-hmm. So there's, I feel, having played them in the correct order now, a lot to be gained by doing it that way. Yeah. And I know... Polly was kind of bored for part of this game because she played Cold Steels. And again, I'm not even speaking like hiding spoilers from John. I don't know where those games go myself. I have no idea what Cold Steel is, basically. Mm. Interesting. I just know that they're... The, my vague impression is that like Cold Steel 1 and 2 might actually happen concurrently to mm-hmm. the Crossbell games. I'm not going to say. I, don't, I won't, I won't I say. I don't actually know that. So I'm excited for where this series goes, but I'm waiting on the good translation of Ao now, mm. Azir. You're waiting for more of that good, good T.O. content? She's so good. That's the thing about First Chapter is that, like, there's, like, ten characters in that game I really love. Mm-hmm. And in this game, it's really kind of just T.O. T.O. is very precious. She is, <laughs> but she is, I really love her. She is, she is precious daughter. Um Yeah. Uh, and, she's and, up there with Mizuki. Yeah, she's really up there. Yeah, like there, there's a character in Cold Steel that we call our precious pancake daughter as well, uh, <laughs> and they all kind of fit together. So we've got Tita, we've got <laughs> we've got Tita, we've got Tio, um, and, and we've got the character in Cold Steel that that who, who cool. is also our precious. We got the the, da- <laughs> the daughter team daughteru. Cool. There's a there's a joke in this game about the fact that they're reusing character names at this point. Yeah. So I went back and looked at my old screenshots for third. So the main character in this is named Lloyd. Yeah. And I looked and oh my god, there's the Lloyd in third in uh, Trails third. Mm-hmm. It's that fucking fisherman who yeah, cheats at the, the mini Lloyd, game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like so mad that they referenced him in this game. And then he shows up in this one. Yep. Fucking. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. You meet him, and he's like, oh, oh, we have the same name. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. Like, Red is literally, this is my hell. <laughs> because, But then he actually does help you out. He gives you some fishing bait. Yeah. Does he cheat? If it, does, do you fight no. him? Do you fish fight? You actually don't. Oh. You fish fight somebody else, and he helps you. He gives you some earthworms in case you get stuck at that point. That is fantastic. <laughs> He's here to so he's he's redeeming yeah. himself. Lloyd is redeeming. Himself. It's very funny though because it's a chapter that takes place over like a whole week. So each each like kind of segment is one day, and he moves to different fishing spots. So I ran into him like three or four times. <laughs> and then there's even dialogue later on, like, "Oh yes, Lloyd went back to liberal," and I'm just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> of all the characters you're expecting. I love the Lloyd saga. Of well, all the characters to make a return, it was him. Well, there's an entire saga of one NPC that has a series of quests all throughout the entire it, series. I got that. I don't remember them from the other games, though, but I was like, they're saying that these characters from Liberal are so they yeah. must have been in the other games. Yeah, they were, in, they were in the first three games. You did quest and followed them throughout the entire uh, the entirety of Trails uh, 1, 1 through 3. I completely rem- <laughs> forgot them. I'm sorry. They're big games. He's like this lovesick traveler. <laughs> we can pick that up. We can pick that up when we replay all yeah. of them. And yeah, 
uh, after a healthy stretch of oh, time. Oh, jeez. Replay? Don't think It'll so. It'll happen someday. I mean, I will. Like I know 10. I will at some point. They're too yeah. long. Yeah, Anton. So, yeah, I, yeah, following Anton all the way yeah. through Liberal and Crossbell, uh, and I'm pretty sure he shows up in Erebonia. I mean, I did look at the wiki just so to catch the references. Like, okay, there's a there's a Cold Steel quest in here as well. Yeah, he didn't. He just oh. didn't make an impression enough of me in the first games, but he did in this one, to where I was like, okay, there's something here. But this is a joke character that keeps showing up. Yeah. So I really like that game, and then. It ends very differently from first chapter. Yeah, like it's it's, it's almost self-contained, <laughs> which I did not expect. Oh, that's cool. I expected these that's, games. That's gonna like, be nice. I felt like Trails Third had more of a cliffhanger tease than this does, which was wild. Mm. Cool. So it's like, but you know, there's more, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, this is like actually possibly the best game in the franchise." Is the next one. So I'm I'm excited, but like they've also given me no hook to be excited for, which is super weird. Like it just ends cleanly, and I'm like, huh, huh. <laughs> like it's for me. That's kind of for me. That's kind of nice when it's when I have to yeah. wait for it. I'm <laughs> like poor Iffy who got baited by first chapter. Yeah, <laughs> and then had to wait like five, five years. years. <laughs> five like the fa- like that still to this day astounds me that. You get to the end of that first game and have to, and five years of not knowing if that second game is ever even going to come out. That's just so. And, and then, and then they just release Cold Steel One instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my Trails journey continuing. That's that's cool. Yeah, like the, like. I warmed up to that game after the fact just because, like, I know what it represents and I know what it's doing. It's just yeah. a lot of it had been kind of spoiled for me just because I knew Cold I Steel. I think, yeah, the, the the order you played the games in and, and as well as just the dry translation. Right, right, yeah. The, the, translation, I played, the yeah. translation you played, I'd seen just screenshots of it. And it was just like, oh, there's so much more character here. Yeah. And they do chest puns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there they do chest so puns. many dumb chest puns. The chest puns are... They all they fucking ri- they they rival the work. They, they might rival be better at some point. They might be better. There's a few that really missed for me because they were based on you know memes. But yeah, the best ones are the best. Yeah, like they're just they're so over the top. Excellent. And there's even some of them where we're just like trivia about the music that's playing in the area, which is neat. Like that shit too. That's really cool. Yeah. So, uh, Polly, yo, what you been up to? What have I been up to? <laughs> Well, uh, we, we we streamed Tatari Garoshi. That mm, was that was good. Game. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it was a big sad, and I cried. So I played uh, that one too. <laughs> God, that one was rough. That arc goes real hard, Polly. <laughs> Woo, that one was hard, man. That was definitely like, oh, there's mm-hmm. definitely there's definitely some hard crying on stream here. Yep, <laughs> I can't hide that one. Woo. Lots of good, like so many cool scenes that you don't get in the anime version of that arc. Like there's there's this one oh. particular scene mm-hmm. with 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 Keiichi, Rena, and Mion where Rena just goes all in in a way that is, oh my god, she just literally destroyed this poor boy's <laughs> world in a way that is so logical and just she takes every word he said turns it against him in a way that is so mean spirited and awful and it's oh. what he and it's what he deserves. Like she does it for that reason. He deserves it, and it's just like that scene's not in the anime. Oh my god, I can't believe that's not in the anime. 
It's such a powerful Isn't his um, internal... Isn't his internal 1500 seconds monologue not in the anime? Oh, definitely not. Definitely There's, not. like, no internal monologuing yeah. in the anime. Yeah. Because uh, that was, like, the maybe one of the moments for me. Yeah. It was just, like... That they, they draw this like such a clean line of like here's where we take a turn, and it's dramatized. Just re- it's just a really good monologue. Yeah, yeah. But, like that that arc. Like I knew like we had been playing with the whole Satoko thing for all like the whole time. Like, oh, garbage child, and like even for like ended up so we handed up so much and i knew that this was coming i knew that this arc was about her and what it would be about so i was setting us up just to feel bad anyway and then like we put her in a trash can for the thumbnails and everything like it was just like yeah here's garbage child she's fucking terrible oh cool a big old child abuse arc that is in no way entertaining boy this is how do you as a streamer make content like that entertaining Oh god! And like by the fifth episode, we had to take Satoko out of the trash can in the thumbnails because we felt that. too bad. Yeah, once the shoe dropped, you had to drop it. <laughs> but um, well, Polly, you yeah. know some of us enjoy stream content where the streamer is really sad oh, and oh, suffering. God, yeah, you got a lot so, of that. Don't worry, it still worked. I think a lot, a lot of us still tuned in, so obviously it was, it was working. <laughs> but um, God, like that, that really but, good art, but another cool thing that like I, I didn't know about that art going in was that Ryukishi himself had worked in government work before, and apparently, mm-hmm. like that's kind mm-hmm. of why when he writes about this kind of stuff, it kind of hits the mark because it sounds very authoritative. Um, especially with the way like he speaks about it legally within game, it's just like, oh, you know this, and you've probably mm-hmm. seen families fall apart uh, because of this kind of thing. You've probably witnessed that kind of child abuse and not been able to do much. And it's kind of it sort of makes me wonder, like, did he kind of write this story as like children triumphing, you know, trying to triumph over a lot of trauma because maybe that's something that he personally couldn't save them from uh, in a lot of that's cases. Rough. And, like, that's sort of what, that's, like, the sort of the read I get on it now that, like, when I have that context, but I obviously can't speak for the man because, yeah. you know, I, but that, that, that's just an interesting way of looking at it. It's like, if that's the case and that's what you saw and that's what you write about a lot, because a lot of that stuff permeates into Umineko as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, oh, man, like, it kind of adds a new dimension to to everything. So, yeah, like... Yeah, like, seeing that story again, again, with the visual novel version, is just a whole fucking lot. Uh, but tomorrow we'll be starting uh, uh, Himatsubushi, uh, which is the time-wasting chapter. Uh, it's the shortest chapter. Cool. Uh, yeah, I heard tomorrow you'll also be finishing it. I don't know. It's probably a bit too long <laughs> to do in one go. It's, like, it's still, like, half as long as the other chapters. Yeah, so it's it'll, not it's short. It'll probably be three or four streams, judging from oh, how, okay. how I, judging from how I've paced out the other ones. It'll probably be three or four streams. So I thought you said it was like two chapters long, and the others are thirteen. It's two chapters, nah, but they're big. Cha- they're really okay. chunky chapters. I think it's. I mean, I can tell you, like, it was six chapters when I played it. I think. Interesting. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Because all <laughs> the are, all the official big, so all the official like, all the official documentation says it's two chapters. So. Interesting. Whatever. Yeah, I'm wrong. <laughs> Whatever. But I played another game. I played through Night okay. in the Woods. Uh, Night oh, in the yeah. Woods. Oh yeah, like a uh, disclaimer about this one up front. Uh, some, there's some real funky shit about the composer. Mm. Uh, he was 
supposedly an abuser. It was accused, and then he killed himself. So that's weird. Um, not gonna make any yeah. comment on that. I just, I mean, I don't know what I can do to. Yeah. You know, like there's nothing I can say about that. I don't know the situation. I know I know of the situation and I know what happened, but I can't say anything either way about it. Uh but but that that but if that is a thing that you would need to be aware of before playing this video game that like a, an accused abuser who committed suicide when they were um accused or you know, that's a thing you need to know about. Uh there you go. Uh but uh, Anita Woods. Yeah, the, t- the the rest of the team did cut ties with him. They cut ties with after him. The fact, like, it, and it, they've been very forward f- from day one, even before all this happened. That like, yeah. he he was a programmer and he composed, but this is like the the artists who who did a lot of the end game art. Like, it's their story. It's their characters. Yeah. Like, it's it, that's not you know. Like, mm-hmm. So it's just like he was not involved in that aspect of the game all that much. Like the actual writing and 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 all of that. So. Yeah, weird stuff up front. Just like I, I, it's always weird, like especially with such a, a weird situation that this one turned out to be. But I figured mentioning it up front would probably be a wiser yeah. idea than excluding it or trying to gloss over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so Night in the Woods this is a narrative-focused kind of walkie-talkie platformer. Think of like, uh, like, like in the vein of Wander Song in a way. Wander Song. Yeah, cool. uh, it puts you in control of like main character. She's a cat named May, and She's cute, and she bombed out of college real fucking hard. Uh, <laughs> Relatable. And, and and she's coming home uh, to kind of start recovering from that, and, and basically the entire game is just sort of living in this malaise that comes from um, a very real place of coming home and having flunked out of college, and, and everything like in the city that you come from, it's still the same, but it's really different in a lot of weird ways like your your you know your friends are starting to move on with life they don't have the same priorities that they did when you left but they you know but like everybody still knows each other but everything's different because of that point in time that you spent not being around one another and that's a very relatable kind of uh thing i think of of kind of hooking up with people years after the fact and like you feel like you might be able to pick up where you left off, but you can't really because of that weird gap in time where everybody's kind of changing. Um, so, like, the town in this game, the, the game takes place in, I think it's based um, somewhere in Pennsylvania, but um, a lot of, like, what shaped the game's world seems true to life is a place, it's kind of like a, in an economic stalemate where it's, like, it's neither progressing and it's not declining, it's just kind of stagnant and weirdly depressing it and um it feels very lived in and very real um it's just drenched in this kind of like it's not a depression but it's just like this weird kind of like neither good nor bad uh everything is just stuck and it it, it just feels it, like it, it's i think valhalla kind of has a similar feel to it where you've got you've got a main character that kind of feels like they're stuck and yeah. like they're at, like this could be a transitional point in their life if like they kind of can get their shit sorted. Um, so th- this game is kind of entirely based, almost entirely around like the the, the walkie-talkie stuff, where like you a- like it's cut up into days. So you get up every day and you basically just go around town and walk around and talk to everybody until something happens or, or until you're prompted to like hang out with somebody and do an activity that night. And sometimes those are like 
small mini games or little diversions along the way. Like there's a mini a music mini game where you play bass guitar. Uh, it's kind of like a like rock band and stuff like that where you just press the buttons on the notes of the, of the for the strings of the guitar. There's like or like there's like a uh, a stealth segment where it's just it's really light it's just goofy <laughs> I would hope so that seems like a Google real wrong it's just like other fun little goofy interactables that you can pick up and play around with but nothing that's like really like in-depth gameplay or anything um, like the, the, the interactions between characters are clearly the highlight of, of what this game's going for and they do a lot to make every NPC you interact with be really distinct uh, personality wise and, and like everybody's really good at bouncing off of May's sort of like being this deadpan very literal person that she is um, I think the only thing with that is like it, it sometimes like I don't know like I find that a lot of games these days like they want every line of dialogue that's said to be the most cleverest thing ever mm-hmm. and sometimes that permeates a little too much it's like guys you're trying like it's like, I get it, you made the joke, you don't have to keep making the joke or trying to extend the joke. It wasn't super funny to begin with. Um, and sometimes this game is really, really guilty of that with its writing of like wanting every single line to be the most clever thing you've ever read. Um, so, I, I, so if that gets on your nerves, a lot of this game's dialogue might get on your nerves. Um, but the real highlight is like the friend characters you hang out with. Um, they, they had a lot of work put into them. They have like they have so much going on in their own lives, and like they can't necessarily one hundred percent be there to help May deal with her shit because they've got their own shit going on. And May doesn't make it easy to be on her side either because she's kind of a shitty person. Um, so so mm-hmm. like you get these little moments where like people are kind of being real shitty to one another, but it's like really coming from an honest place. Uh, it's like people just trying to figure their shit out and not being cognizant that the person that they're unloading their shit onto is going through their own shit too and maybe you're being insensitive mm-hmm. um, and, and it's good at kind of making like, I think it's trying to impress upon the player that of that point is that like you know just because somebody can't be there for you right now doesn't mean that like they don't want to be it's just maybe they don't have that emotional capacity right now um, and, and I think that that's like a really cool thing to kind of have like to, to see if happened like in this kind of interaction in these kinds of games where generally everybody's just super always nice to you um, and things like that where there's not right. a lot of conflict but th- this game has a lot of little personal conflicts that come up that feel very natural and, and I like that um, I really like that yeah I like the main character being kind of shitty yeah she's like it's hard yeah. to it's hard to empathize with her sometimes like it's obviously like, she's going through her own shit but she's kind of an asshole about it um, and, mm-hmm. and, and the way that she approaches other people's problems is very flippant and very just like, oh, well, just stop being sad. Kind of like she doesn't say oh, that. Geez. She doesn't say that. <laughs> but like the ways that she tries to come up with to help people are often like, that's the worst thing you could have said at this very moment. You dumb, dumb child. Oh. <laughs> Oof. But it's honest. Like, I think that that makes that character honest. Yeah, though. I like that. Um, so, yeah, so it I, feels deliberate, and and uh, 
character has a really good dynamic with her mom as well. Like every every day you wake up and you you go over and you go over to the kitchen, you hop up on the counter and have a seat, talk to your mom. And like the the mom conversations are some of the best in the game. And you go and talk to her. She works at the church, and they have really good like you get the, so you get little conversations with her there as well. Uh, and their dynamic is really really good. Uh, it it's it's there's a lot of tension in it. There's a lot of like. Okay, you bom- you bombed out of college, and this is very much an issue because we like we put a lot of money into you being you know successful, and you're not telling us why you bombed out of college or like you know you're not sharing. It's it's creating tension, uh, but there's also a lot of warmth mm-hmm. and a lot of love on both sides, uh, and just try- like both sides are trying to make this connection, but it's kind of like you inch forward and then back a bit, inch forward back a bit because they're unsure if like being that close again. Is, is comfortable or uncomfortable, and it's it's a very very cool dynamic that they play on with those two characters uh, throughout uh, the entire game, uh, and and the dad is part of that as well. Um, but I think the mom encounters are a cool. bit have a bit more substance. Um, I think that like the only thing I would really criticize this game for is that it tries to set up this narrative hook really early on, where like it, it's trying to bring a horror element, where like mm. like like. I'm like the second day you're in town, May, like, she finds a severed arm, and then the game what? just and she just finds a severed arm of somebody that's probably been killed or something, just laying in the street, and like there's this big to do about it that evening, and then like the game just kind of seems to forget it for the rest of the game until like the very end, <laughs> um, and then like the payoff felt really like dumb, ham-fisted, and really over-the-top in a way that pretty much overshadows what they're trying to accomplish, because the, the, the emotional arc of this game is, like, May getting out of her own fucking head to kind of, like, start the process anew. Like, very much like Valhalla, very much like Celeste, you have a character that, like, by the end of this journey, they're not going to have solved their problems, but hopefully they'll have accumulated some tools to begin on that road to recovery. And that's sort of, like, this game this is a game that's done so well at handling all of its big conflicts with just conversations that it didn't need this big dumb over the top action movie thing at the end to get that across and mm. it just it just felt really forced and uh, it made me really not like the end of the game a lot um mm. Mm. um but you, you kind of have to know go into this game knowing what you're getting into you have to be ready for a lot of like uncomfortable conversations and conflicts with friends and maybe reconnecting with very awkward feelings if you kind of lived through those kinds of things. Um, mm-hmm. But family dynamics. Oh yeah. Definitely. Tricky thing for a lot of folks. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, but uh, like, it, oh, but on the whole is definitely an experience worth having. I, at the end of the day, like despite the fact that I think the ending kind of blows it and I think that they could have gone a, a more emotional route rather than like, I don't know. It just feels weird, like horror action movie kind of route that they go at the end of it, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. Huh. I think they could have handled that in a more emotional way with characters kind of just talking it out. And like, because they do such, like I said, they do such a good job of talking shit out throughout this whole game uh, 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 you know, of like characters learning where they fucked up or like, if they were insensitive and like, and I think that May's shit could have easily been solved with all of her friends being there, just kind of helping her through it instead of needing it to be, I guess, in this weird allegory through happening through this 
horror action scene or something. It's very weird. Um, it's, good. It's, 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 it's a pretty good game, though. I liked it. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's nice. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it's... Because I've been... Because, you know... It's... Go ahead. No, I was waiting. Go ahead. Um, it's cool when you finally kind of hear from somebody close to you what these games that you've seen on Twitter for three years are yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> like, like when Red Flag Firewatch or whatnot. Like, this is one where, like, I've seen it for the last three years. I had no idea what it was. Um, and then, like, I, like, mm-hmm. and then, like, when, when all the, the abuse stuff came out and all of that happened, I was like, well, mm-hmm. I don't know if I even want to play that now, just with the weird stuff behind it. But I did my looking, I, you know, I did my research yeah. and, like, what all of that was. And then, like, I got it in that, um, uh, the, 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 the bundle that, um, that Itch did. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was, that was one Justice of the, for, yeah, that was, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I have it too. Yeah, like, the, I just that, realized I have it. Yeah, it was in that bundle. Um, so it was just like, it was one of the big standout titles early on that they used to kind of promote it. Yeah. And congrats on that, like $7 million for the cause. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, <laughs> like, just for the record, it was the bundle for racial justice and equality. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like that was a, it was an incredible deal. And for that to be a part of it, just like, wow. It's like, yeah. Like, like that, 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 it's, it's a really good game. So um, it, it left me with some feels. Despite the fact that it dropped uh, the ball in the ending, uh, it still it still lands it still lands what it's trying to say. I think. Um, okay. Yeah. Cool. So it's definitely worth like if you I like, really like if I you like, like that tradition. You like that tradition. I, if you like that, I like that tradition of um, the kind of intimate character piece games that are coming out a lot now. I yeah. think that's a really cool thing to have a lot more of those yeah yeah it, 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 it's good if you like that kind of thing if you liked wander song but want to play like a more depressing version of it oh god <laughs> i mean that's, that's like, like <laughs> it's like a, i mean i guess it's like a, a decent way of describing it it's just like well wander song is constantly exuding this this yeah. air of of just positivity and just radiance this is not this is not an exact polar opposite of that it's not wallowing in misery it's just kind of like it's wallowing in this malaise of just like, oh man, it's certainly a day-to-day life, huh? Yeah. Yeah, this feels much more realistic. Cool. Whereas Wander Song is obviously extremely anime power of friendship mm-hmm. by the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little more of that, you know, the vibe where you have that talk on the dance floor in Wander Song. Yeah. And yeah. like maybe something that's a little more dense with stuff like that. Yeah. That's something that sounds really appealing. To me. Yeah. Like I, I think that if you go into it wanting something like that, that's exactly what this is going to get you. And like, mm-hmm. given that this game takes place over like, like every, every day is its own little chapter. I think it's smart to just like play mm-hmm. a day, put it down for a few hours or another day or something and come back to it. Just play it in day, like in those days. That's how I approached it when I realized it was okay. Like every day is its own little segmented thing. I'm just going to play it like that. And I, like, I don't know that I could have played that game in like large chunks and felt and, and have gotten the same thing out of it. I don't think, uh, I think that it would have like worn on me trying to session it, uh, rather than just doing like, okay, that was a day. Each day is about 30 to 40 minutes long. Like that's, that's fine. Cool. Yeah. So give that a look. That's a good game. John! Oh boy, are you ready? Are you ready, John? John, are you ready? Are you ready to talk? No, Paul, are you ready? I'm. I don't know that I'm ever ready anytime I I talk to John. I don't know what I'm ready bracing for. Oh boy, here we go. Let's go. I played a visual novel. You did? 
Okay. Yeah. Those who talk about that visual novel. Visual novels are okay. I mean, I played like six. I played several because I also played the first four Higurashi chapters. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. But, um, um, but I also played You and Me and Her, a hey, love story. Hey, I need to check this out. I've, I've been meaning to. What is You yeah. and Me and Her? What is this? All right. It is a Nitro Plus visual, visual novel mm-hmm. from 2013. And it's... Uh, has a nice tra- has a nice trailer you can check out. Um, it was just released this year. Um, I actually had it on the little wish list to sort of um, let me know to check it out when it did. And it's you and the it, it's. I will tell you. I'll just say like this: it is an extremely focused school life story, mm-hmm. where the the you and me and her in the title. It's literally you, the protagonist, and then two girls. And then almost the entire game is focused on those three characters. I like this because we, you know what, characters, games with three characters are pretty good. Yeah, exactly. That's the best. <laughs> that's the best number. Um, <laughs> I, thought, I, I restrained myself from going. So, how does Night in the Woods compare it afterward? <laughs> um, uh, don't answer that. Uh, <laughs> um, so. This game is just immediately, like, very striking with its look because it's all, like, white and soft oh, yeah. in a very immediate way. I believe it's the same person that drew the... The artist is the same person that designed the Nitro Plus uh, mascot. Yeah. Who is that Supersonico. Yeah. Um, and it's that same, like, just really nice, soft characters it just looks nice uh everything's like bloomy and but not like an overbearing way yeah it's not blown out it's not blown out yeah it's just it's it's a really soft and pleasing look like it doesn't cut into your eyes like Mm -hmm. something like steins gate might where like it's very liney it's very harsh uh this this game has a very soft Mm -hmm. and 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 welcoming vibe just right off the bat Mm -hmm. so I had this game sold to me um, and they told me by a friend before it came out who said, John, you should play this. Don't look up anything about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always the best. Yes. And I was like, oh, yes, please. <laughs> this is um, because that was how Polly sold me on another visual novel experience oh, several really? years ago. Really? And that one paid off quite nicely. Um, and if you want, um, I, I like this game. Um, like, it's, I don't think it's probably as essential as a lot of the VNs we talk about on here, mm-hmm. but it's like a 12 hour story, and I came away from it feeling very satisfied. Nice. Um, so if you, if you like it, you could, I'm not going to spoil things. I am going to talk a little bit about what it is, I guess. Yeah, I think you have uh, to. Uh, you got to give us a little... So maybe idea. tune out for ten minutes or not. Okay. Um, so... Somebody sold it to me the exact same way somebody sold... So this is Nitro Plus. They put out this trailer, and the trailer on its own gives away moments from, like, three-quarters of the game. So they were already, like... like Subtly, but they were already, like, kind of telling you what you were in for. Mm-hmm. Um, because it looks like a very soft, nice... Yeah, romance VN, but it's Nitro Plus. They make weird horror shit. Yes, they, that's their that is their brand. 
to a certain extent. They're not the soft, nice VN brand. No. Um, and this, so they they have like a hint of like, oh, there's going to be a Yandari turn da 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 in the in the trailer. Um, and then when you start the game, pretty much right away, it starts dropping like little bits of meta shit on you. Oh, like you pick up a phone and then play out a scene in a visual novel on the phone, and then it's the same thing that happens to you immediately afterwards. Oh, and then that scene just happens to you in real life. Oh, this sounds neat. And then some, and then you talk to a friend right afterwards, and they're like, "Oh, weird. I guess that girl was just had just memorized that scene and acted it out on you, and she's specifically dressing up like that character." So then it's like it it's, hits you right away with like a sense of unreality, that's and good. then it pulls back and starts building back up the reality of the setting. Oh, that's good. Um, before maybe eventually dipping back into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it was sold to me the exact same way as Doki Doki Literature Club was. Right. And I think it's intensely comparable mm-hmm. to Doki Doki Literature Club. I think it's comically comparable to Doki Doki Literature oh. Club. Do you think like Doki Doki um, Literature Club probably was inspired by this more than likely? Um, there's other Vigibians that have done this. This is it's a it's a rich transi- tradition mm-hmm. of like the A, the meta shit and be Yandari shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference, though, is that Doki Doki has five characters, five central characters. There's mm-hmm. four girls um, and the you, the Milktoast main boy. Um, and it's like four hours long. And this has three characters. And it's like 12 hours long. <laughs> That's a pretty big difference. That, yeah. Because it like... means that you live in the before period mm-hmm. for way longer, way mm-hmm. longer. And the after period goes on longer. Ooh. And it's, I think you care more mm-hmm. about everybody involved because it is, because you've spent so much time with these characters in a way that it, in a way it makes Doki Doki feel a little bit, um, a lot kind of slighter in comparison. Like you don't get that time with Monica really. Yeah. The yeah, way you do yeah. with the other character, which is sort of the point of her character, but it'd be different if it was somebody that you really knew doing all that stuff. And that's more, that's closer to what you and me. And it's not exactly what you and me and her is doing. It's closer to that. Mm. Um, so in some ways it is like strictly a strict upgrade from DDLC. Um, I think that you lose something by being long because it, it doesn't waste your time. Mm-hmm. It's slow. It's a big old slow burn, but I don't yeah. think it wastes your time. Um, so in that sense, all and then all so all the big catharses land there. And in DDLC, there's that weirdness where I think her name is Natsuki. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets you. You get kind of an extended post turn chapter. With Purple Hit with Yuri, mm-hmm. Yuri, whatever her name was. Um, and then you don't get that with Natsuki at all. And it almost feels like a little rushed. Like, oh, we just kind of are hopping to the ending here, we, I guess. Yeah, we just kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, just glossed over I think that. DDLC actually has two routes. There's slight differences. You can get Natsuki stuff and then Her. not Yuri stuff. But it's, it's pretty huh. fair overall. Yeah. Interesting. Um, the experience of playing it is like, oh, well, we kind of just rushed past that here because with with this kind of game like it's that first playthrough that mm-hmm. 
yeah. where a lot of it lands, basically. Um, but I think that with the DLC, you also get the immediacy of the smaller game experience. Yeah. So for me, and because I played the DLC first, all the emotions ran a lot kind of higher mm-hmm. on that first playthrough, mm-hmm. uh, both because the game was shorter and everything was a lot it was a little bit fresh i hadn't experienced a story like it mm. strict li- strictly like it um so it's i'm at a, at a weird headspace where it's like this is better like this is an upgrade right uh, it's telling a lot of this covering a lot of the same ground um in a more earned and thoughtful way because it has the time to do so um, it's 12 hours exactly but also, like, I probably liked DDLC more just as a play experience. Gotcha. Just Twelve hours. I like. I thought seems maybe a little long, especially when there's also for less this characters. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, again, it didn't feel like it was treading yeah. water. Um, but I was I was hurting a bit by the end of the the nice mm. stretch. I was like, all right. All right. that, was, that was sort of me with the uh, DLC is that like I, I was like ah, come on guys I know a turd is coming we've been yeah. we've been on the happy stuff a little like I think that the, the the first half of that game lasts a little too long yeah and that so it's it's weird because like you want them to earn everything absolutely um, and I do think that you care more about everything that happens in the climax of this game yeah. than you do in DDLC. Yeah. I think I also suffered a bit because I didn't know about the 18 plus patch. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Like the, the, the sex scenes in this game apparently are actually very integral to the story. Oh my God. There's it's, there's meta horror sex scenes. That <laughs> now, I you're on, now, that now you're talking. Now you're talking. It's like, I think you got to go to the Jast website. I think you've got to buy it for like ten bucks or I something. Could have, I the could patch? Have literally have you have to buy the patch. By yeah, itself. you you have to buy the patch. Oh, yeah, yeah extra. I would have easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meta horror sex scenes is my new band name. <laughs> um, because the big thing for me is that, especially compared with the DLC, the horror and kind of edge of this game lacked some of the bite that I was wanting. Mm. Um, like when it does get violent, I kind of was like, well, it could have gone for more here. When it does get horny, it's sort of like, well, could have been hornier. for this to land the way you needed it to, this maybe could have used some extra edge. Yeah. And I, and I didn't realize until after I'd finished it that I could have had that. Gosh. <laughs> Probably. So I feel, so that was actually very frustrating. I finished it and I was just like, oh, I just oh. had a worse version of this yeah. cool game. It's like like the the I'll never experience the better version for the first time. Yeah, it's like the the Steam version of Cyanota also is, you have to buy the the uncensored patch to get the the <laughs> smut mm-hmm. back. But again, that's Cyanota and who knows. I'm not sure how much you I'm not sure you want that. I'm not sure how much you lose by playing without that. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, it it sounds Cyan. more like everybody that I've heard talk about you and me and her, like definitely like they, they say that you need the sex scene stuff because it actually adds a lot more to the experience. Not just the horny element, but it just kind of makes everything feel a lot more whole. Yeah, I think um, I think that's what was missing for me, and it felt missing as I finished it. And then I heard about the eighteen plus, and it was like plash, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, um, I will this definitely is... remember to buy that when I pick the game up. Cool. 
Um, there is an intense amount of NTR content also. <laughs> oh, right. So this is when I started laughing with Rat constantly about <laughs> cucking. <laughs> because that, that was the tra- that was the translation, the localization choice they used. Oh, really? To have a character say, Do you, "Are you afraid of being cut? Are you afraid of the get- Are you getting cut? <laughs> are, get- are, get- <laughs> are you getting cut, son? <laughs> and then, like, there are serious emotional scenes where they use the word "cut." <laughs> <laughs> There's like meta horses so that include good. the word "cut." <laughs> I live for the day when I can use the word cuck in one of my own works. Oh my god. Oh, the dream. Oh god. Um, Real good. That's real good. So that's another thing that's that's not in the in TTLC that you get to that you get to look forward to. Right. Um so know what you're it's gonna for me like the game didn't all the meta shit's really really cool Mm -hmm. it's well done nothing really surprised me for basically the whole game Uh until like the last scene Mm. where it did surprise me Mm -hmm. and it landed a really cool beat that I was really happy about nice um and there's one other formal idea in a slightly in an earlier bit of the climax that also surprised me in a way that was very cool um so i think that if i if they didn't have those two bits where i was like oh oh i see what you're doing here this is awesome mm-hmm. um then i would be pretty milquetoast on it because i'd be like yeah this is just i it's what i expected and but there, there were a couple moments that are like in it, it there's the subtle stuff and then there's the going harder than you expect bit yeah and this game's really good at all the subtle stuff and then but the shape of it felt was very familiar mm-hmm. until the very end mm-hmm. um and it lands that it knocks that out of the park interesting um so I, I wouldn't call you and me and her like something like super essential that you need to go out right now yeah um, but I found it a really rewarding journey. And I think if you're interested in this kind of game, mm-hmm. it will give you a lot to stew on. And it'll and it'll spark a strong reaction. And definitely get the 18 plus patch. You need that good <laughs> cucking reaction. You need that cucking stuff to have as much edge as possible. What's even the fucking point? <laughs> there's like one scene where they ref where they reference like an action where there's an actual sex act on sex act and they they reference something like, whoa, and then it never happens again. And I was like, oh. Weird, huh? Because <laughs> I was like, "Well, I thought you were going harder than that." It's not even like I want it to be horny because I can get smut anywhere. It's right. that that—that's kind of that is what this story calls for. Yeah, like if the story's going to go that direction, it kind you yeah, it needs to actually do it. And not having that eighteen patch, I can see taking away from mm. that. Yeah, like basically like heaven's feel. You really need you really need the <laughs> yeah the exactly stuff. like heaven's you feel. Have. Yeah, just it's yeah yeah the bar which all visual novels are yeah, judged right. against. <laughs> Are, by which which I've explicitly said all stories are based oh my on God. <laughs> all stories being imperfect permutations of heaven's field oh my god <laughs> I do remember that yeah <laughs> <sighs> do you ever just like look back yeah, at your life no, no, and no, do, no. do you ever just look back at your life and hit rewind 
and it's just like every time you stop to hit play to see where you're at, it's just John Thayer saying something just completely fucking illogical. And it's just like, that happens to me every day. <laughs> Jesus. I told some friends the other day that I was like, I was, I was being bothered by two online people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, boy, I'm glad I don't care about this shit anymore. And then I thought like, when was the turn? When did I stop caring so much about being cool according to like this kind of standard? And I think yeah. it's when I just tweeted about fate nonstop for six months. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's when I took a turn and realized and I and started living you've, my more authentic, you've being given, more authentic life. You've fully given up on cool if that's all you tweet about for six months. Yeah. I, and that's that's very freeing. And I feel like Brett, you you get me. I don't know, you know, I don't know specifically. Um so I think that's a very freeing thing. And really, it's the coolest thing. I never had any delusions of being cool. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely did. Uh, there's one other one. I'm not going to dwell on it too much uh-huh. um, because we've talked about it on the podcast already quite a bit. Uh-huh. But I do want to talk about the wonderful 101. Right? Oh, my God. I forgot. We've not podcasted in a month. Yeah, we have so much backlog. Here. I know. I, I went right over Sonic and the Secret Rings. I didn't even bring that up. Well, I mean... What is there to bring up? But yes, we you have know, to talk about so Wonderful much, 101. There's so much meat there, but we, I, there's not room in the podcast. We cannot talk. We cannot dig deep into Sonic and the Secret Rings right now. Maybe next time. Uh, but Wonderful 101. Rhett? Yeah? This game goes so hard at the end. I mean, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I, it goes so hard. <laughs> I had a feeling, like, because you liked the start of this game so much more than I did, when I played the end and was, like, completely blown away, like, besides the Higurashi stuff, I was like, hmm, I think I found John's game of the year. Because if this lands remotely the same way it had just did for me, for him. It's so good, Rhett. It was everything. It was my everything. Every (laughs) chapter climax is great anyway, but then, like, that's what carried me through the game. Yeah, was, definitely. Was that. Um, but God, it, it's like a, I, I'm basically on the same board with you. Where like the the battle system's cool. It's fine. Um, it's a little it's slow. I enjoyed, I enjoyed engaging with it. There's a lot of fights that took a little too long. Once I once you showed me, oh, just draw it really, draw, draw the shape bigger. really big. It makes the shape big. Then I was like, oh, okay, I get this. Um, and I started dealing a lot more damage. Yeah, <laughs> so I stopped taking five minutes. Mm. Uh, but it's it was those big storytelling moments. It was those big chapter climaxes that carried me through the experience. Um, because like just play wise, half hour twenty minute chapters wasn't what I would want out of a game like this. Just as a play experience, I would want the five to ten minute Devil May Cry chapters where I can yeah replay them beat them without taking without any continues and items and then on my first playthrough and feel good about it and this game the chapters were too long for me to feel good doing that it it didn't i tried that for the first chap first operation and it just wasn't working i had to just play the game get continue use continues yeah. use items and not think very hard about like the fighting right from the start they're all like 20 to 30 minutes long it's crazy yeah the chat operation seven um, ha- only has two chapters instead of three, which is nice. In Operation yeah. Eight, the, chap- the chapters are noticeably shorter, so I feel that, like that's them. Yeah. Like, all right, we're gonna actually ramp up some momentum for this climax. 
which I eight appreciate. is definitely when it really starts to go acceleration mode. Hmm? Like seven has uh, the stuff with the 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 rival, but then eight is like, okay, we are we're putting our cards out. We are getting Yep. Um. So that it. This isn't what I would necessarily want most out of this kind of game as a play experience. I'm going to S rank Devil May Cry way before I S rank Wonderful 101. Yeah. Um, or Mega Man Zero is like the same kind of thing, but with the shape that I most want. Um, but if I just accept that, so it's not it's not exactly what I want mm-hmm. in that respect. Um, all of the storytelling moments in this game just knock it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And like Red said, there are st- there are just constant genre shifts, mm-hmm. all of which work which work really well for me. It's a little um, bit of a shame when it's like I prefer basically everything to the main combat. To the main combat. It's, just, it's yeah. at its most fun when it's just a shmup or something, <laughs> or or its viewpoint, yeah. or its Star Fox. You know, <laughs> its viewpoint is Star Fox and Space Harrier. Yeah. It's Gradius and Viewpoint. It's Punch-Out. It's, it's Micro-Punch-Out. What else? It's everything. Um, it is my everything. I got, I got a, I, I, um, yeah, it is my everything. I got, a, I got some traction afterwards saying that I think you can compare like the kind of genre shifting that Kamiya does in his games for dramatic effect it just exactly to indie stuff like Undertale like that does the same thing. Mm. Um, I think it's I haven't engaged closely with the game part of a Kamiya game yet. Like I've won, I've played once through Devil May Cry and Bayonetta and Wonderful 101. Yeah. And all of them completely blew me away as stories, as experiences. Um, they were all like in escalation. Like Devil May Cry One is so strong; it's got the big space area section, and then a really cool <laughs> it does. I see. I have no idea about that. Section, it has a really cool. It has a rival fight. You go to hell. Space area <laughs> section. Awesome final boss. Escape sequence where the final boss shows up again, and you have to fight him again during the oh while the God. timer. Two thousand one. He <laughs> has a style that. for sure, because that all of that sounds extremely similar to Bayonetta. Bayonetta one, you can have the final. All right, that's the final boss, and then you go into space to fight God. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it blew me away. And and again, these games are full of great moments. Besides that, the way the way they yeah. um, introduce and then pay off bosses, mm-hmm. like it's almost never the boring. Well, we just got to have a boss here. Like they almost always have a personality. They're often introduced in the stage in the preceding stage. Um, yeah. And then you have a big fight, and then often you'll have more stage, and then you'll have another big fight, and it'll like, and then that fight will explode into something bigger, even more. Um, and that's also present in those other games I mentioned. Um, the the arc of storytelling in these games is just so strong, and I think that's true on a stage by stage basis. I think that's true on like an arc by arc basis, and I definitely think it's true for the games as a whole, because all of them just knock it out of the park for the climax, none more so than Wonderful 101. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. Holy right? shit. <laughs> <gasps> it's so fucking much. Oh, Holly's just letting I can't us eat. just gush here. 
Yeah, and it still has. Um, it does have. I think it had. Like you said, the final operation is a lot of the varied sections. Mm-hmm. I think it still has, like the final boss that is the final exam yeah. of the main fighting. Like I mean, the, there there are actually several final bosses in that Operation Nine Dash Three. You like that? That I'll yeah. use, you know, and they're drawing the lines, and then you can draw the lines mm-hmm. even bigger because one hundred percent isn't the max anymore. <laughs> so basically, all video games are imperfect <laughs> permutations of Sonic Adventure. Two, no, of Wonderful One Hundred One. <laughs> no, Wonderful One Hundred One. Wonderful One Hundred One shows all the way. It shows that Sonic Adventure Two is that benchmark to admire. Um, no, it's. I just really enjoyed this rant. It's everything I wanted. Uh, I aside just, from, I like, can't believe how hard it goes at the end. The the stages are really long, and but it it didn't get the actual game didn't get boring for me. Like all it was was just that I wanted to engage with it on that no continues no items first playthrough. Mm-hmm. That's how I wanted to do it. That's how I did DMC. That's how I did DMC three. It was really fun, um, and I couldn't. With the way Wonderful 101 was paced, it, it, it was too much for me, and I just had to let it wash over me as spectacle. Uh, I still played... I still feel like I was pretty good at the fighting. I still feel like I engaged pretty closely at it. Um, but that but that disappointment aside, um, this blew me away, and I had a really good time. Cool. Also, some weirdness with gender and race. It's not oh actually... Oh, my God. Really, it's not really... It's not really great about that. Oh, no. I think, I think... There's, there's the one character, Wonder Black. I'm just like, oh. oh who is, that who was... Introduced, who is introduced in the Africa section and is the one black Wonderful 101 and he does oh. do hip-hop dancing during the intro section. And that's a little rough. That's pretty rough. Like, power the very original least. The Power Rangers level racial politics. Yeah. Yeah, that just that yeah, just right. brought me back and realized like, oh, that's what. Oh no, this was all bad, and you're doing it twenty years later. <laughs> As, like, and then Wonder Pink is pretty bad. She's just a, aggravating. Her whole shtick of like, her shtick is pretty annoying. Yeah, like the, in a not fun way. Like sometimes the horny character can be fun, but hers is aggravating. Yeah, like Wonder yeah. Black. His best characteristic is that they don't really actually try to make him a character. Like the last couple of characters you get just don't really participate in the story. <laughs> he is funny. Um, once, like, once you get past that, past that intro, I like his his shtick is that he doesn't not paying attention. He's playing video games. Yeah, he has right. a Game Boy, <laughs> which is not as which is not racially coded. It's it's fun, right. but that intro is really really rough. I was like, "What's his color gonna be?" Oh no! Oh, oh no! You really went there. Yeah, and Wonder Pink's kind of bad, and she's like, "God, is she the only girl in the main ones?" Yeah, I mean, there's the space oh, cop. God. This the oh other yeah, girl. she's 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 very cool. Um, so that's that's a little rough. Um, so you know, take that, know that. Otherwise, really love this. Really looking forward to Beautiful Joe. I'm gonna play Okami. It this won me over. <laughs> I, I played a I played a 20 hour Okami game and liked it. I'm gonna play the 30 hour Okami game. I, it is a little crazy that Wonderful 101 is so long though. 20 hours. Yeah. God, it's very long. So that is Okami I believe, really only 30. That seems brief. 30 to 40. Yeah. 
Yeah, 30, 30, 30 seems really underselling it. All right. I'm. I mean, all the Zeldas are basically that long. I, I think like 30, 30 is being an optimist. How long to beat says 34 okay. as, yeah. like, main story, and then the others yeah. are longer? Which is, like, pretty close to Twilight Princess and Wind Waker and whatnot. Okay. Which is, like, it's allowed to be boring. Uh, <laughs> so I'm probably going to play those, especially like, if I played every other Kamiya directed game. Yeah. yeah. Gonna have to do that one, too, even though I don't like Zelda very much. <laughs> All right. So that is... That is my first. Cool. Skip. That is my. That, okay. that is my chapter. Hey, Rhett. Me, Rhett. Hello. Hey, it's you. Hi, Rhett. It's me. You talk about things on podcasts sometimes. I sometimes, maybe you like should, once a month. You should do that. Do a thing. Uh, where you, do that thing where you talk about a thing on a podcast. Pretend we're doing a podcast. Okay, um, this is pretend time. This okay. is pretend time. Fart, yeah. fart, 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 fart. <laughs> Um, I played a game. It's called Trails from Zero. <laughs> it's the only game I played. Now. Right. All right. One last thing I did want to mention about Which, that. I'm using this as a segue. Is that it was very nice coming back to that familiar combat system. See, like that's the Aww. thing. Is I find that most people are like, "Oh, it's the same combat system." They want. They're really thinking that this series is going to do anything super different. It's not that like. I would hate it if they evolved, but specifically right now, I wanted something comforting and familiar that wasn't really going to surprise me at all. Right. So that was nice that the combat, you know, was basically exactly what I expected it was going yeah. to be from the yeah. previous games. It's a, if, if you could expect Falcom to That's be anything, nice. it's just, yo, we're really yeah. iterative. It's just that, I mean, like, the global state of the world. Yeah. Like, I just needed something constant yeah. right yeah. now yeah. to kind of just hold me for four weeks or so. <laughs> I got you. Because, so I finished, I finished really Trail nice. Zero, and I just immediately had no idea what else to play. That's, po- that's what we call uh, post-trail yeah. depression. Uh, it happens. It sucks. Yeah, it sucks. So, like, for the next day, I just kind of <laughs> stared at the wall of, like, guess I have no video game to play anymore. Yep. yep. So then I was looking at my Steam library, and I started a bit of a super hot mind control delete. That just came out. You know why I wanted to play that is because super hot is not a game with complex systems or rules. No. It's extremely simple. Yeah, it's really true. Just, hey, have a lot of fun. Go. It is basically as if the combat system is exactly the same as the previous game. See, I was thinking that was probably going to be it. <laughs> that I just wanted something familiar that I knew f- was familiar and not going to be a miss. Right. And I haven't actually played a ton of it. It's just like, hey, this is kind of all I'm mentally equipped to play right now. I don't want new game. I want familiar thing. And and shout outs to the devs uh, for giving it away for they, basically free to they everybody. Spent, they spent three years making this game. And if you owned Jeez. super, if you owned Super Hot prior to the sixteenth, you just got yep. this game for free. Like that's yep. fucking insane. I so, do it's, think, so, so, so it's Super Hot. It's more Super Hot. It's so it is literally more Super Hot. There is a th- the theme in this game more. is literally the word "more" showing yep. up it fucking constantly. Yeah, like, every single achievement. All is the just achievements are more. more. The first button you click in the game is more. More! 
more. And you play a couple levels, and then another button clicks up, and it just says more. There's a like, really okay. good. There's a really good Devin Townsend project song called "More!" Exclamation uh, point. That, that, that really, really suits the mood here. Nice. So I do feel like this is almost starting to be like meta commentary on how the first game was really short yeah. but they felt like they had done everything they wanted to with it mm-hmm. and everyone just shouted more 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 mm-hmm. so now they have made like a 20 hour super hot game that is it's more it's more like I am so fine if, with more I am fine with more super hot I loved that game yeah I think you will like this I so it is a roguelike there's you know you get kind of a set of like eight randomly generated levels. Yeah. And then like every couple, like every two or three, it seems to vary. Mm-hmm. You'll get a choice of perk. Mm-hmm. And so far at the start, the cho- the perks are not particularly amazing. Like one of them is just get another heart or refill your hearts. Right. But then as you kind of progress through this grid, you start to unlock other perks that are like, if you take damage, you just emit shurikens everywhere. Which is cool. That's a cool. So uh, it's a cool thing to like. The very you know, fact kill that you, everybody around you. The very fact that you take damage in a super hot game feels yeah. weird. Like I don't know how I feel about that. That just seems weird. See, the, at first I was like, "Oh, what the fuck!" And then you know, when you're on the eighth level on your last heart, you're like, "Okay, now it matters." You know. Oh well, yeah. I think it's it's a good I think it's a good balancing thing because by default you actually only have two hearts, uh-huh. and then the first perk you get is called more, and it gives you three hearts. <laughs> but then I got another perk that you can choose instead that is like dash at an enemy and to immediately KO them. Right. But then if mm. you're using that, you're not using more, so you only have two hearts again. Uh, always so be more. Always be more. Nice. I like the extra heart personally. <laughs> so it's in- sort of exchanging that immediate like the small one death kill challenges yeah. that you just try over and over for the long term yeah. yeah. run challenges where you Basically. have a couple extra lives yeah you can make a few mistakes like and that. again if you get like if you get the refill hearts at a good time it could be extremely generous yeah because i've gotten up to like five oh, but again nice. when you add one oh actually when you add one it does give you one new heart that's full mm-hmm. so so I kind of unlocked the second floor and it got dramatically harder and it's like, oh, okay, this game isn't actually fucking playing around because the first floor is actually pretty <laughs> basic and, you know, if you've played the other Super Hot games you're not going to have a whole lot of trouble and then it got dramatically harder and I haven't been able to beat any levels since then Nice mm. uh, so There's like one new gun that's like a sniper rifle or a rail gun, I can't really tell what it is, it's basically, it shoots instantly which is a very good thing in Super Hot because you know, you, on the other guns, you have to lead your bullets a bit. Yeah. If the enemy's moving, this one is just like point at body, click win. Because <laughs> oh just, wow, that's like yeah, that, that's such an interesting thing to add to what yeah. super hot is. Yeah. I haven't seen any new guns. The others are you know the handgun, pistol, rifle. Yeah. Shotgun. Shotgun. Yeah. So like some of the perks, one of the perks is like. More ammo for guns, which is very good because the shotgun, you know, you've got two blasts. Two, two shots, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> you're throwing those a lot. I want all the shotgun blasts. I want 29 <laughs> of them. It's so slow to reload compared to yeah. oh, basically everything yeah. else. So. Yeah. Uh, one of the other perks I just got was like stronger throws. Oh, nice. So it's like 
an item could possibly kill an enemy outright, and if it's like a dagger, it could pierce enemies. Yes. And one of the other perks is like bullets will now pierce. So there's, def- so there's definitely some fun stuff to play around, and I'm v- also very early on. I have no idea, like, how kind of wild well, some of it, them get. It sounds like smart iteration of what yeah. that first game was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think the levels, because they're kind of random, none of them are hitting that same high of, like, really carefully crafted, like... That was another thing that yeah. I really liked about the original, is that the environments yeah. really played a lot into how you had to approach each encounter. Uh, yeah, so this is definitely kind of losing that where it's a lot of like just kind of wide open spaces to mm-hmm. get you screwed over by having enemies pop up behind you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's kind of frustrating is that each challenge seems to just be like kill a certain number of enemies. Mm-hmm. So there will be enemies left over when you complete it, which uh, is just feels that, weird every time. That just I I never like that kind of thing like when you have like at least blow yeah. the rest of them up or something. Oh, no, they do. Their heads explode. But the first time okay. it happened, I was like, wait, I, okay. didn't, I didn't shoot that guy. Yeah, I, I can't stand, like, when you complete a challenge like that and your character just stops reacting to yeah. anything. And then, like, the enemies are still active, though. Oh. Like, you see that in a lot of games where, that have Yeah, everything stops like because, you know, the time freezes but then and their yeah. heads explode. But it still feels a little awkward to me because sometimes, like, if there's, like, two enemies close to me and an enemy far away that has a gun... Yeah, I'm actually probably want to prioritize the gun enemy. Yeah, but then in this, like, if you kill the enemies close to you, and then the level just ends, it's like, oh, now I don't have to deal with that guy with the rifle over there, yeah. who is the more immediate threat. So this is kind of weird. I think it would be more elegant to ha- make you kill every enemy. Yeah, but I'm also like, maybe they play tested that and it made every level take too long because Could people be. would have to hunt down the last enemy. But yeah, there's a lot of just like gateway like doors spawning new enemies in constantly mm. you know you kill like 10 and then it moves on yeah I, uh, th- so I think that, I think that the lack of actual level structure is kind of going to bother me a lot unfortunately. yeah this doesn't seem like something I really want to do long sessions of yeah. it's just like get in do a few rounds win or lose and then move on to something else but it's it's consistent. It is a familiar it's a constant, game. I can it's cut. something you're familiar with, uh, and it's still, yeah. it still probably feels very good. So that's the thing. It probably feels better than ever, because I think they kind of rebuilt the whole thing. That's part of why it took, like, three years. Yeah, I'd have to imagine it would... You'd need yeah. three years to rebuild that entire thing, yeah. Yeah. But also... Boy, this really just kind of makes me want to play the VR version again, because that <laughs> game... Is so much better, I think, than the the 2D Super Hot. Right. It's just on incomparable, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like once you've been in that world and have to do things like bend over to pick up the guns. <laughs> <laughs> but again, the problem with Super Hot VR was that it was like even shorter than the original game, and the levels weren't random at all. Yeah. So it's like I've already gone through it like two and a half times. Like you've solved all those puzzles. Yeah. But I still want more. <laughs> I want more VR super hot. And I think that they're, they're kind of seem to be implying that the next thing will be VR again, but they, you know, they, they have to make them as separate games Yeah, because there's no way because super hot VR like has no locomotion at all. It's just you standing on a place and that's completely different from the other games. So I wonder if they'll try to solve that next time or just have like randomly generated levels, randomly generated movement. Oh Jesus! I I thought like, what if a, a VR level had you like falling, and then oh god, that would be like oh I god, think in, that would be fucked up. 
Because <laughs> there's a thing in the mind control delete. I'm not sure if it's new, but if you like hold space while you're in the air, like time will start going really slowly. Uh-huh. And I did mm-hmm. use that to my advantage one time where I like jumped off a balcony and then turned around w- while holding space to make time go slow and just snipe a guy in the air. Oh, nice. And I felt pretty badass. <laughs> and, I, and then I'm like, man, imagine if I could do that in VR. <laughs> That'd be fucking sick. Yeah. The VR version's just so fucking cool. Yeah. So that's honestly it for games. That's I honestly played it for games. Like a fifty hour VR a fifty hour RPG. Maybe closer to sixty, maybe. It zero is actually really long. Oh, yeah. But like that in game time. Because FC was only like forty hmm? yeah. or so. Yeah. Like 40 the thing is that the in game time is like taking into account turbo mode. Right. And I'm like yeah. turboing through every battle, basically. <laughs> that last dungeon's it. God. Poor Polly had to play without turbo mode. That, I'm terrified of that now. I'm just. I did um, like turbo mode. Like I just, uh, I just used frame skip on the emulator. So I still had turbo oh, mode. No. On, I still had, nice. tur- I still had turbo mode. Oh, okay. On, on I did. Zero. Okay, I did beat um, FC without oh. turbo mode. All oh, right, <laughs> That's right. Probably why it took me five months. That's a very slow game to begin with too yeah my fear is I don't feel guilty at all using it yeah. later I was like I did my time my biggest <laughs> fear is something like the Cold Steel games on PC like not having any sort of turbo mode yeah but I think at least one and two do from they, they all have it they all have it cool it's just the combat's just a little too damn slow in those the combat is actually much faster in Cold Steel, uh, and I don't, oh, cool. I don't even use I don't even use Turbo in combat for Cold Steel. So oh, nice. I just think like the cool. spell animations and stuff they're just a little too a little long. Like, long. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think S crafts in uh, Zero just have start to skip. Yeah, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Like if it's one of mine, I'll usually just skip it. Obviously, you got to watch the anim- the enemy ones because they're awesome. Yes. Oh my god, they're so good. Uh, so that's it for games, but I did watch some anime. You watch anime? Ooh, tell us, tell us. I watch a lot of anime. I'm not even going to be talking about all of it. All right. Uh, so, so I think oh, last podcast I had finished up Yuki Yuna is a Hero both seasons. So uh, mm-hmm. VRV was like, hey, we think you like Magical Girl stuff. We're just going to start recommending you Magical Girl stuff now. So a show popped up and I just didn't look up any reviews or anything. I just watched it. It was called Wish Upon a Ple- Wish Upon the Pleiades, which is like a constellation. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a magical girl show from 2015. It's very sweet and like not combat focused, and it's just a very cool show. I liked a lot. It has some weird stuff about it though, where there was an OVA in like 2011 around the time Monica aired that I watched, and it's like a one episode mm-hmm. thing. And it was sponsored by the car company Subaru. Uh, weird. And when these magical girls fly around on their little brooms, they make car noises. <laughs> presumably what? from the Subaru cars. Oh my god! And then the main character is named Subaru. Of course! Why wouldn't she be? And apparently the Subaru logo is the, Ple- the Pleiades constellation. Like the the number of stars, right? So it's just it's this weird. Oh my weird... god! They're, they're staff, they're staff at the logo, aren't hmm? they? Let me check. Are their chat staffs the logo? Never mind. 
I think ahead. the Subaru logo is like three stars. That's what it's referencing. Gotcha. So I watched this over in like 2011, like when it was new, and it's like, oh, this was a cute thing, but it's, you know, it's not. It's like 20 minutes. It's like, okay, yeah, not a whole story. So the whole series now that they did, I think 2015, like it's actually really good. And what I liked about this show is that it's magical girls in space a lot of the time. <laughs> like there's a there's a pretty oh, quick escalation nice. of them being like, you know, kind of surface level flying around. And then episode four, they're like in the stratosphere. And then next episode after that, oh, they've got they've gotten more power. They're going to the moon now. And then they go to Saturn and they're like talking about like, oh, the rings of Saturn are like three times as wide as Earth. And they're like looking out over it. And it's really pretty. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, magical girls in space. Who knew this would be my exact jam? You know? Right. <laughs> okay, John just posted yeah, the there Subaru. You go. Yeah. The, the, the heads of their little staffs, yeah. of their little brooms. It's so weird. That are on the There's logo. just like... That's very good. Oh, I see that. Yeah, the, the staffs have the, the Subaru star on them. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> Continue. There's one part in the show where, like, the main girl starts crying over <laughs> manufactured parts, which I thought was funny. Because that's kind of the industry I'm in. She like her dad. This is like the closest it ever gets to an actual car reference. Is like her dad brings these defective parts home. Oh, I watched this like a couple months ago. That's why I'm trying to remember exactly how this mm-hmm. went. Because the main girl is feeling like her whole crew is like kind of these funky rejects, and they're not working together very well. Mm-hmm. And he's got these defective parts, and they're like, "Oh, they can be." You're not one of those. They, you can be anything you want to be. And she starts crying about how, like, but those parts had one purpose and they're defective. You know? I, I kind of missed the whole metaphor there. Um, yeah, Magical Girls in Space. It's, it's very good. Uh, okay, so I watched, uh, you know, Wish Upon the Pleiades. Very cute, soft, magical mm-hmm. girl show with, with no fighting. Right. And then... Really liked it. Uh-huh. And then I moved on to a show called Magical Girl Raising Project. And I knew what the show was. I watched a tiny bit of episode one, like literally the first frame, like when it aired, uh-huh. like in 2016. The this, this show opens on like a dead body. Fantastic. <laughs> so I was like, oh, you're one of the Monica ripoffs, huh? Right. So the show, I didn't like it. Oh, and it's not uh, that it's, you know, magical girls being violent and killing each other. It's that mm-hmm. it's so excessively nihilistic and just kind of mean. Oh. But all, it's just felt like everything just felt so inconsequential. Right. Because it's like, so the premise mm-hmm. is that there wasn't enough there's 16 magical girls. And then like very shortly in, they find out, oh, we have to narrow that down to eight. Whoops. Well, what happen- What happens when you get purged? Oh, you die. You die. It's fine. So one of them just straight up gets, like, killed by the QB character. That's cute. And then the others realize, oh, we're fucked. And then they just start immediately fighting and killing each other. And it's very gross and bad. But, like, not gross in a way that could be maybe a little indulgent. Like, it's not the... Vi- 
speaking my yeah, language but it's, here. It's not that either. It's just like characters die and just get uh, thrown away, like literally. It's not like, like they, where, 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 like say, My Hime operates on similar rules, <clears throat> but there <throat> are actually like stakes that matter. This is just like, it's blood yeah. sport. It's blood sport. That's it. It just felt like nothing mattered because they're all going, probably going to die. Yeah. And then it does some really excessive stuff with trying to be kind of edgy. There's one character who says, like, they really hope they live at least five more months. Uh-huh. And then they die. Oh. And so, so when they... It's trying to... Oh, no, no, no. I haven't, I haven't gotten to the good part yet. So if they die as a magical girl, like... The magical girl transformations in this are like complete body makeovers. Like they can be anyone in reality right. and then just turn into their avatar from the video game that they're playing. Uh-huh. So this character dies and then she transforms back into her human form and it's a pregnant woman. And it's just. Oh, <laughs> give me a fucking break. It's just break. like, fuck you, show. Like there's God, absolutely get, no fucking reason get, to do that. Get the entire fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like everybody dies there's a couple characters that survive to the end so, like even the the novel it's based on was named after one of the characters to take all the tension out as to who actually was the one to survive oh my god so he, what was really messed up though is I found out after watching the anime and apparently most people seem to not like the anime is that the anime is based mm-hmm. on the first volume of the light novel and, like, at the time, there were, like, nine, and now there's 13. So what? it is, like, it is, like, scratching the surface of this oh, overall yeah, series. yeah, that was, okay. So, who knows if the novels are good. I don't really give a shit based on how this started. But what I found out is that whenever they give backstory to any of the girl. To any of the characters. They did. Apparently, that wasn't even in the original novel. What? Like... There was, like, a spin-off volume 4.5 that went back and explained the backstories to all these characters that had died in volume 1. Oh, my... That's so hacky! Yeah. Weird. And the other thing is that it makes it super obvious in the anime who's going to die because they get the backstory drop yeah, yeah. right before they die. So, yeah. And then... That the, sounds pretty lame. It's pretty lame. Like, again, if the gore was, like grosser, it could be indulgent in a fun way, and it's yeah. not even that, which is like weird. It's like, if this was worse, it would be better. But it's not even mm. like, it's not even fun about how gross it is, really. God. That's it's, so... Uh, uh. Like, there was... Okay, there was one indulgent bit where there was this the, these two characters I really hated... And then finally, like halfway through the show, one of them gets like slammed against a wall by her face, uh-huh. and her head just like kind of crushes in, and Pop she dies. It. Pop that bitch <laughs> like a zit. And I just went get wrecked, you fucking cunt. <laughs> red, red dropping the hard C. My I, God. It was one of those characters I just truly, truly hated. This is a moment in done. his five years this boy has squirmed every time I've said the word cunt on this podcast. And he just <laughs> drops it five and a half years in. Holy shit. Really didn't like this character. <laughs> the one the one big cathartic moment of getting them to die. Pop that cunt like a zit. <laughs> God, and then like the final boss 
is like the blandest possible character po- type ever. It's just the girl who doesn't talk, but like the most extreme I've ever seen of like <laughs> she's just the sad, quiet girl, and she kills like six other other characters, and then she gets knocked out of her magical girl form, and they're just like, "Oh wow, she's like a very young girl. She's oh, like ten. God." And it's then so they stab her to death. It's I, very cathartic. Yeah, as well. there you go. <laughs> Fuck this bitch. <laughs> is this like doing the battle royale it's, thing? Like, is that it's not explicitly a battle royale? It's just they're fighting for their own survival, so it just kind of naturally goes mm-hmm. that way. And in the, yeah, in the sense of the original movie, not the oh. not the PUBG sense. Because oh. that's what that's know. kind of the vibe in that. It's a bunch of kids on an eye. Well, okay, this is like even that's younger kids. Fun. For the most yeah. part, and one pregnant lady, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. That really did make me laugh. So that, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Good times. Sire mentioned something in chat, but I don't think this is that show at all because there's like almost no level of like actual character interaction that's of, of any substance. It sounds like. Yeah, there's almost nothing that happens mm-hmm. in the human world in the show it's mm. all magical girls just being sad and like the Monica like the main character is basically Monica is in that she cries and doesn't do anything the whole time Oh, and somehow really? makes it to the end <laughs> it's very silly like, those are like my least favorite characters the ones that just fucking cry all the time wasn't like Alien 9 that show that had the oh main character God. that literally just cried every episode and that was all she did <laughs> Well, in this show, I mean, I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not, but in this show, it's like, you know, Monica has a partner, and then they die, and then gets another partner, and then they die, too. It's just like any <laughs> glimpse of hope that the show Listen, has. It's is just dis- some- it's just like real life. You get disposable puppies all the time. You got a new puppy, it died. whoop you do <laughs> Just go down to the puppy store, get a new disposable puppy. Whoops, it died. Get another. <laughs> That's how this works in Magical Girl Land. This show just... Every single time I started to be interested in the character because they got any amount of backstory, I just went, oh, they're going to die. And then they do. Like, so, I think know. that they're trying to lean into that the, the same way as something like Battle Royale or Danganronpa do, where they want you to get attached to characters and they think that they're doing yeah. that, but they're not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is that the QB character is the black and white down the middle, like Monokuma. Oh, my it's God. It's definitely Danganronpa oh, Magical Girls. Wow. But again, like the fact that this is based on this is based on volume one of this excessively long light novel series, like, and the fact that the backstories weren't in novel one originally, like, I don't actually think they wanted you to care about the characters, which is bad writing. <laughs> like, straight yeah, up. like I I think that in pretty much all or most fictional fucking things that I want to care about the characters, I think that's a little important. Yeah. It's just a slaughter game for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and it's not even but horny not slaughter. Edgy enough to be fun. <laughs> not even <laughs> horny that. slaughter. Yeah, not even horny slaughter. So, <sighs> uh, oh, the 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 kicker though is that the show has a very slightly higher score than Pleiades on my anime list, and I was grumpy about that. <laughs> Pleiades has like a six point <laughs> nine something. And this is in the sevens. <laughs> oh no, we're watching lots of sub sevens lately, huh? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, Polly, do you have anything else? I, I got another do. thing. I got another thing. Okay. John, cool. John mentioned visual novels oh. earlier. 
Hmm. I played oh, a shit. I played a follow up to probably one of the best, if not the best, visual novels I've ever read. Oh. I, I played The House in Fata Morgana, a Requiem for Innocence. So this is a oh, sort boy. of supplementary a pen fan disc kind of thing for the original game. Uh it has four new original stories uh, and a couple of unlockable extra bits once you finish those. Um, so it's kind of divided up, and you've got like the main episode, which is a requiem for innocence, and you've got three episodes kind of tucked away on the title screen. There, you can you can play them in any order you want, though. Obviously, kind of like the main highlight is a requiem for innocence. Uh, yeah. So uh, the original game has this sort of three to four hour chapter near the end that kind of delves into the darker recesses of that story and the kind of the things that happened long before the things in the mansion started happening. Uh, in particular, uh, a lot of that deals with uh, Morgana herself. And uh, like the game takes place, even at, this game takes place like kind of even a smidge before that. Uh, and uh, it also takes place during that. So it's like it elaborates a lot more on that point in time. Uh, mostly from the perspective of a character named uh, Jacopo, who many would remember from uh, the third door of the first game, uh, and him having a pretty major role in that three to four hour chunk towards the end of the game. So this is kind of expanding upon his story, and in this story, in, in, in like in this story, he's kind of just like this uh, this punk kid slum rat who dreams of just being something much more. Um, in a way, his story kind of, like, I guess his story always kind of reminded me a bit of Scarface, in a way. Because it's kind of, like, the same kind of, like, started out as nothing, kind of a thug, and then, you know, dr- driven to this position uh, of power. You can imagine how that story goes. This is basically, it's not a spoiler at all, mm. really. It's just, like, because this, yeah. this game markets itself as, like, this is a downfall story. Um and for the most part, like, this game tells a really good rise and fall story. It's paced well. Um, uh, it's believable how he, how he goes from, like, a, a relative position of, like, a nobody to a noble lord. Uh, and is completely undone by his own ambitions. Like, it's they handle that stuff really well. It's believable. Like, his kind of descent into madness feels very natural. Feels very uh, thought out and considered. Um the characters that you meet and return from the original game are a delight. There's uh, a new character that kind of comes up who wasn't in those original flashbacks, uh, and mm. she is also uh, a delight. And I feel that she kind of um, she, she she kind of works really well at, at at being something that story needed to work uh, a little more. She's kind of like a glue that kind of that kind of holds that story together just a little more. And she's and she's just a ball of uh, just a sheer bundle of joy like her sprite is literally always bouncing around oh right <laughs> like I, I took a video of that on uh, Twitter to uh, like, the music to the, she was literally bouncing up and down to the music and it was just like that's such really the cute. new Super Mario Brothers of visual novels yeah she is the uh, new Super Mario Brothers of visual novels <laughs> she dances to the wah wahs <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, good little story there. It's 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 uh, a good rise and fall story. Uh, I got problems. I got loads of problems. <laughs> or, or maybe it's just one gigantic fucking problem with this story. Uh, so I ended up really sour because the main character he is twenty one years old at the time of this game's uh, story taking place. 
Uh, throughout the course of mm -hmm. this journey, he ends up confessing his love to an 11-year-old child Ugh. in earnest. And it's something that he pursues and other characters are really weirdly behind him to do it. Um, it's, and, and this is an 11-year-old girl who is already severely damaged from the things that she's had to endure up to the point of him sort of pulling her out of a bad situation. So it's just like, I'm grabbing this damaged girl, pulling her out of a bad situation, and now, uh, now I love her. Like, now oh it's just like, if, if there's this weird kind of like, it almost <sighs> feels like... It almost feels like the writers are trying to make you feel like he is entitled to that in some way. Uh, and it's just really gross. And it's just like, he even has a line. It's like, well, I mean, if, it, if she doesn't accept me now, I can at least wait till she's 16. <laughs> and he's being totally serious. Um, so, like, it, it's just really gross. And, and as the story goes on... Uh, the abuse she endures is even worse because he grows to become her next abuser. Um, he, he ends up betraying her and, and abusing her the most. And they write him as being self-righteous enough to feel like he has the right to die beside her. Like, as she's literally dying from madness and disease, he, he feels like it's his right to die with her. And it's just like, like a, literally beside her it's like dude fuck <laughs> off she's literally cursing your name right now and it's just like oh my god what are you doing um it, it's it's just fucking ridiculous uh and, and it gets even worse when you read through like the backstage segment of the game like you unlock sort of like this cute little backstage segment where everybody's talking after the fact like they do this in Higurashi too you know it's it's you know what I'm talking yeah. about. And they do it with the first Fata And they Morgana. do it with the first Fata Morgana as well. And it's just like, it almost feels like everybody in that backstage segment is chastising the poor girl for not forgiving this man <laughs> who did so much awful evil shit to her that literally is the catalyst for everything that happened in the main game. Mm. And then the final fuck you. The final unlock. <laughs> the thing that literally made me want to punch my fucking monitor. <laughs> is when you complete all of the stories, you get a final unlock. And it's a dream sequence that takes place from the man's perspective, and he gets to hold her hand. Oh, my God. I wanted to fucking gag. It was disgusting. There, like, what happened here? Like, this is... The, the original game is a game who... Where... It was incredibly progressive and smart in how it handled these kinds of things. And even in that story, when this guy is acting weird towards this child, people are like, Hey, dude, that's fucked up. Stop doing that. <laughs> but for some reason now, they're all like, Yay, go you! You can totally do it! It's totally not weird that you're confessing your love to an 11-year-old <laughs> girl. It's like, what the fuck? What happened here? Like, where is that... Mm. Like, like there is a sense of maturity that somehow got completely lost between that original game and this scenario. Because they obviously want this to be canon. It just disgusted me. Like, I it's the same author. Like, that's... Pardon? That's extra... That, it's the same author, right? Yes. It, it's just like, what the... How did... It just feels gross, and like somebody just wanted to write a story about being in love with a child. Like that's all it really feels like to me. It's just really gross. 
it makes me it's, angry. Like no. I, it, it's it's the prime reason that I will not recommend anybody read this after yeah. the house in front of Morgana. It's like I think it's mm. trash. Like I don't like this at all now. Like I, like when I finished it, I thought maybe I can let this go because they don't harp on the whole love thing too much throughout the main story of A Requiem for Innocence. But then you get that little mm. unlock at the end and it's yeah. just like I just, oh fuck you. Like they're doing everything they and can in the after party segment. They're doing everything they can to absolve this man of everything terrible that he's done. When in the original game, the entire point of that ending is you are not being forgiven. There is no forgiveness in this stopping. This is me just saying you can go now. And they're doing like it feels like everybody is trying to force this fucking kid toward her abuser because he deserves it. Ugh. Like what well, I don't so, uh, know. I that's so weird. I haven't read the original, but like the way you're saying this is a downfall story, yeah. and the way he saves her and then becomes his her new abuser, yeah. Like there could be something there, as like mm-hmm. you know, his downfall, like yeah. becoming what he hated and saved you her could, from. You could do that without Being him. Fucking, you can do that without him falling in love with a child. But then it's not painting mm-hmm. him as, like, this obvious villain. It's trying to be sympathetic, and that's, yes. like, where it loses me. Like, it feels like they want you to look it at this. It doesn't seem to include the grooming yes, in there. It's grooming. Uh, it doesn't seem to include the grooming as part of what simple. makes him shitty. Exactly. It's grooming. Plain and fucking simple. That is yeah. really, really the, the big core of the problem I have here. And, like, it bugs me that no reviews I've read for this game, either they don't mention this... They either gloss over it, or they paint it as a fucking a romantic tragedy. (laughs) Like, are you out of your fucking minds? Like, I don't know how the people that wrote this saw this as anything other than gross and exploitative. Because that's all it is. This is literally just, I wanted to write a love story about being in love with a child. That's, that's all it is. You can't... It's, and it's just so gross when you consider the amount of hard work that, that that first game did at being something so fucking classy and so fucking top shelf. Uh, this just mm. pisses me the fuck off. <laughs> very, very justifiably, yeah. I think. Um, so there are the sub-episodes. Um... They fare a bit better, and they're much shorter than like that fifteen-hour drick up at the top. Uh, the, there's there, there's uh, a Cinderella. It's a it's a really good story um, about a dying traveler finding their way to the mansion and just basically saying, "Yep, I'm staying here till I die, and you can't do anything to stop me." <laughs> and and uh, Michelle is already there, so you already you get this really cool story of Michelle interacting with somebody who you never like you you only see him interact with a couple other people in that original story so seeing somebody else come in and kind of just like fuck with his world a little bit uh and have that actually kind of tie in sensibly to mm. the main story is actually really cool like uh the the ascendo Dele story is really good um and the way that, like that that like fleshes out his character a bit more and that new character that gets introduced uh it's a really cool little story uh so i like that one uh, then there's Tales Wasted Away in Obscurity, which is just three short monologues uh, from characters in the original game that were mostly just side stories. Uh, the most important one is George's, who is uh, Michelle's brother, who did the paintings. 
Uh, he's got a really, really good backstory in there. Uh, if you read it, uh, it's really fun. Uh, you find out sort of how he ended up where I like he's that. at. He doesn't get, he, we don't get much time with him. Yeah, you end up, you end up uh, finding out why he is where he is. It's really interesting. It's a really, really good. Cool. Uh, uh, and then uh, the, the finale is Happily Ever After, which takes place after the true ending finale of the original game. And it's just so fu- it's just so fucking saccharine sweet that it'll rot your teeth out, but you'll be happy it did. Uh, these characters deserved this moment uh, after everything that went on in the original game, and the fact that they went to the they went and actually wrote it. Like it's like yeah, that's a really 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 sweet story uh, to end on uh, with that. Uh, so yeah, Brad. so at least like the the sub episodes are okay. Um, my advice would be just look those up on YouTube or something. Like, you don't have to buy this. You don't have to invest in this garbage to, to experience uh, a Sendo Dele time, or Tales Wasted Away in Obscurity and Happily Ever After. Like, you can just you can YouTube them. There are plenty of no-commentary YouTube uh, versions of those stories online that you can easily find everywhere. So, I would suggest doing that. Um, but yeah, like, this just, this just made me mad. Uh, just because, again, it's just... It's such a stark contrast to that first game and how considered it was and how smart it was in handling really tough uh, subject matter. And this just feels really shitty and fetishistic in a way that it didn't need to be. Like, you could have told this story without this character needing to go that route. It didn't need to be that way. Like, there's... You gain nothing Mm -hmm. in this story with him falling in love with a child. Nothing... it, all it is is just you wanted to write a love story about a child. That's it. That's all I can get from it. That's God, real that's shitty. So gnarly. It is. It's just so yeah, like I, totally I don't. Get why. Yeah, I don't know how the fuck it, it happens this way, but yeah. Just just look up the side stories on YouTube. That's the best way I say <laughs> you can go about it. At least, at least look up Happily Ever After, because that is such... Like, if you went and took that journey uh, with those two characters that are in this scenario, if you took that journey with them through the hell that they had to go through in that original game, absolutely. It's like, it's such a well-earned moment, uh, and it's so sweet and so just ridiculously good. Uh, It put a smile on my face, despite the fact that everything that happened before it is just kind of utter trash uh, in this thing, so... So, John. Oh boy! I heard you. Uh, heard you got something real good to help us close out today. <laughs> All right. But what do you got, luckily, John? What do you got? Well, at my lowest, <laughs> I was really feeling bad about the about the having COVID thing. Uh-huh. You know, I was, was a bit of a bummer, and I was just. <sighs> I don't remember the exact trigger. What set me down? this path <laughs> it might have been talking about a character with some friends and being like oh she's so good but something see this seemed to coincide my... this seemed to coincide with a game coming out because a game came out literally the day you started this what was the game my brain's not all there it's right the now. same <laughs> game it's from what you're about to talk about and people on our timeline were talking no, about oh, well, maybe that was, maybe that was it I th- um so, I started. I watched um, Sword Art Online season two. You'll remember I watched the first season a year ago. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was really, really bad. Oh, I thought it was the smartest show in decades. 
<laughs> I shared some Kotaku reviews with Rhett. Oh, no. Um, God. There's this one author uh, on Kotaku who fucking loves that show. <laughs> like, has praised every season in different articles. Oh, that's so good. It's just, it's um, so, so fitting for summary. Kotaku anyway. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, quick summary first season split into two arcs. The first arc is the one everyone thinks about when they think about Sao. It's the death game where they're lost, stuck in the game, and if they die in the game, they die in real life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like. Did, are both of you wearing headphones? I'm hearing some yep. echo. You're fine. You're fine. All right. Might just be Discord. Um, so. The. So that's the first arc. Sorry, again, brain's on all there. I yeah. blame COVID. It's fine. Um, <laughs> the so the first the first arc is that that is the first arc. It is the one where the, if you die in the game, you die in real life, and it's very scary. And there are stakes, and there's some episodic bits. Um, and then it's it's literally just like a series of okay episodic stories. And then mm-hmm. suddenly he compl- he and Asuna completely fall in love and get married in like two episodes. And then they have an adopted child in the game. Oh. And then. The main villain introduces himself at the boss floor of seventy fifth at the boss room of the seventy fifth floor of a hundred floors in the dungeon, and the main villain is like, "Haha, I am here. This is what I'm. This is my motivation. I'm so powerful. You cannot hope to defeat me." And then he kills. He then he um, kills Kirito, and it's like, "Oh shit! This is like the stakes raising moment." Um, because they're not, you know, at the end of the dungeon. So this is where the main villain introduces himself, and here's where the story kind of get, kicks into gear. And then Kirito comes back to life somehow, <laughs> and then just kills him. Oh, okay. And then the game ends, <sighs> and then the arc ends. Good. And it it's just like this fantastic storytelling. It's great storytelling. It's this amazing <laughs> wet fart where <laughs> this is the part where the story supposed to kicks into gear where the main character needs to lose to set the stakes and then Kirito just wins and then the story just ends and then every subsequent arc is like alright how do we introduce like real life stakes into this and then it's like always contrived because they can't get back to that first high and like 10 years later he started writing a, a light novel series called Sword Art Online Progressive that was just what if it hadn't ended there what if we just kept going Oh. And that's that's a separate series that is in development. <laughs> that has not been animated. Ugh. It's so That's the entire reason, isn't it? So that in like a decade they can animate that, do like Sword oh Art Online God. Brotherhood. Do Sword Art Online maybe good, not good, better. Cause boy, the second arc really sucked shit. <laughs> this is where Sword Art Online truly became Sword Art Online. Sword Art Online. This is the one that, this is the one where the incest romance was the highlight. Because uh, the rest is that much worse. Uh, so, so you so, said the first arc is what people think of as Sword Art Online. I think this arc is what people think in our of Sword yeah, Art Online. This is the one where Austin is locked in, locked in a birdcage for the whole arc, so Kirito <laughs> can do her. Um, and then the so that arc. Right? There's that too. Yes. <laughs> um. So that season's real bad, and then I was like. I watched GGO though, and GGO is real good. GGO is good. And you know what? Sword, you know what? Sword Art Online Two starts out with starts out with a Gungale Online arc, and I was like, maybe we should watch this and just see how it goes. Just see I'm how willing it. to give you another shot. Just see how it goes. 
Um, so I did watch the whole gun gal, the whole phantom bullet arc. And again, I was in a real low point. <laughs> I have to impress that. I was in a real, <laughs> I was not feeling great. And I was so surprised by the comparative competence <laughs> of the phantom bullet arc compared to what had come before it. Oh, that I praised it aggressively on, yep. on social media. Yep. And it has like a beginning and a middle and an end <laughs> and like a climax and stuff. And it has a character I like and care about who has a full arc. And like that basic <laughs> zero level competence in comparison to what had come before was enough to kind of, Oh, and there's a mystery and like the resolution to it makes sense. It's like, okay, cool. I buy that. There's never a point where like Kirito just completely breaks the rules, like overtly. Um, like in the second arc mm-hmm. of the show, he's like, they, they, he gets to the new world and they say, dual wielding isn't a skill in this world. So Kirito can't dual wield, which is a signature skill in the first, in the first game. It just doesn't exist in this program, in this game. And then he wins a fight later just by starting to dual wield. What? It's not addressed. (laughs) They don't do any, they don't explain it. It's just, he Uh... just does it. He just wills himself. That's how they, that every epic moment in the first season is just, they establish a rule and then Kirito breaks the rule and it shows how badass he is when that's not how drama works. No, it's, it's how good drama can work. But, like, it's obviously fudging the execution. It's not... Like, Gurren Lagann is entirely about breaking the rules that are laid out. Yeah, but it's not doing it that way. And it's not... But Sword Online thinks it is, probably. mm Mm-hmm. It's so, like, just a fundamental misunderstanding of, like, good action. Um, And Phantom Bullet does not have that. It doesn't have the single moment where Kirito just breaks the rules, and that's how he wins. Um... So I, I came away from it so glowing because of that, and I cried at the ending. Like, they do a really weirdly good job with, like, the last scene, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is good. This is good TV. Good job, Sword <laughs> Art Online. And I got Rhett and I got Tom to watch it. And I'm now I'm, and then Rhett was finishing it up this week, and I was just like, oh, whoops. <laughs> I might have been a bad. I'm sorry. I'm like sorry. through when John starts the apology tour. I'm just like, oh, motherfucker. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was in a low place. I had the coronavirus red. I know. That's, I felt so bad. I watched Sword Art Online for you. Wow. That's friendship right there. It that's really friendship is. friendship right there. <laughs> so the deal with this is that all the pieces are basically there. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's there. It's just that it's really hard light novel adaptation energy where every scene is just like a minute or two too long, especially the talky scenes. Oh. And like I remember, I remember like scrolling around in the first episode, and there's like a ten minute conversation in a restaurant <laughs> between oh, two guys, God. and it's like, oh man, this could have. I'm sure this could have been a little more exciting, and there's like not enough jokes and not enough energy everything's just kind of kind of a low baseline and then something Rhett pointed out and i was like oh yeah is that there's not really good action oh oh, definitely not (laughs) there's not almost 
there's the there's the clip I I linked Red at the start. I was like, look at this good action, and then where Sheenon's really cool, and then there's like almost none after that. The weird thing about that clip is that two things happen in it that like never happen again. Is one is that Sinon has her leg shot off while she's falling, but like that's part of the rules of GTO is that you can lose a limb and be fine. Yeah. But but that never mm-hmm. happens again in that arc. And the other thing yeah. is that she makes like the kind of a Yandere face right as she shoots the guy. Yeah, they don't pay that off, do they? And that never happens again either. And I'm just like, is this a retcon? Did they, did they make a scene to be more in line with GGO? Because she has some Pitohi energy in that scene for sure. God. I don't know if GGO came before or after this. Um, I know, I'm sure the light novel did because um, GGO is literally just like, hey, you know how the gun arc doesn't have any cool gun shit? Because Kirito just gets a sword immediately? Yeah, like you say, he doesn't uh-huh. break the rule overtly, but he does kind of immediately break the rules by, he like deflects assault gun rifle with his sword. Like he's so impossibly he does- fast, it's dumb. He gets the sword immediately, and then in his first fight, he just instantly starts deflecting all bullets. There's any other show, there would be a training montage there where he's like, hey, I have an idea for how I can get good in this game. I will learn how to deflect bullets with my sword because I'm very fast. And then, But instead, he just does it. Yeah. So he's still cheating, uh, just not quite as overtly. <laughs> and then he beats Sheenon immediately, who's set up immediately. Ama- as this total badass right out the gate and then he just completely beats her in their first fight yeah. and then like have another fight and then he immediately trounces he like sneaks up behind her in the main game like without her oh, right. like, oh, if you were if you were being serious you would have won it's so they set up Sheenon as this cool character and then just immediately make her fall in love with Kirito <laughs> She um, goes so she I'm goes gonna, so fucking passive demure, like laying on his lap. God, it's, it's get lot. the fuck out of here. I'm sorry I was low. It was a hard time. God. And it was better than I expected. Um so Sheenon has a really good backstory and the show call, carries through on it really well. Her yeah. her deal they explain this they show they show this. They only tell us, they show it to us early on is that she was present at essentially a bank robbery with yeah. her mom. And she sees this guy shoot a teller. And then he turns around and starts pointing the gun at her mom and at the other tellers and at her. And mm-hmm. she's just a little kid. And she runs up and bites his hand. And she winds up getting the gun and then shooting him dead as a kid. And then looks over and sees her mom, like, horrified, basically. And that fucked her up. You can work with that. And now she, you can work with yeah, that. It, it's a good start. And then she has PTSD. And whenever she sees a gun, she has a panic attack. And Except when she goes into the GGO world. Right. When she adopts this other persona of Sheenon, she can engage with the guns. Um, so that's what, that is her story here, is that mm. she's basically trying to reconcile she's trying to bring that strength that she feels in the game into her real life and she's getting bullied and there's a and a girl like threatens threatens her with like a model it threatens to show her a model gun and it freaks her out right um so she's really wrestling with this um and that's the bit that they pay off really well in the final scene Mm mm-hmm um, and that's why I cried, and that's why I went to Twitter and made some <laughs> wrong things. Um, 
but also like during the actual climax, Kirito does all the work. Does Kirito does like, all the cool shit? Of course. Shinon's yeah. Shinon the 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 arc is named. I'm just gonna spoil it. The arc is called Phantom Bullet because the Kirito is able to get an attack in on the main guy because Shinon targets him uh, with the gun, points a laser at him, but doesn't fire. But the yeah. the laser sight freaks him out enough yeah. to distract him so that Kirito can get the killing yeah. blow in. And he's like, thank you, Shinon, for your phantom bullet. Thank you. <laughs> you can't actually do anything, but thank, but you, you made, did everything. You, it's because you made me you. look cool, so... <laughs> God. He actually God. does look really then, cool right at the end because he does like a... really cool! <laughs> he like... Go does ahead. a forward jump spiral with the sword extended, but then grabs his sidearm to shoot the villain three mm-hmm. times. It's like the only time he uses the gun the whole time. He pulls out the gun, and then it shows an image of him from the first season where he's using two swords, and he's using the sword and the gun. So he's still dual wielding, and they play the theme from the first season. <laughs> and you're like, Kirito's getting back to Kirito's reclaiming that original self because he's, you know, a little bit lost after. Uh. Um. So there's, I'm not even going to get into the main mystery. There's there's a guy who um, is killing people in real life in the game, who shoots people in the game, and then they die in real life. And they don't know how that works. Um, so they, they have the big climactic fight. Uh, and This is actually something that works better here than in GGO. Because in GGO, the spinoff, the real life stakes part is kind of awkward and feels contrived right. and doesn't really mm-hmm. land, I think. And in here, they actually make it scary and effective. Um, yeah. Because I, I guess I can probably just spoil it. <laughs> just uh, spoil it. Because you realize that the way they're doing it is that there's two of them, and one of them breaks into the apartment of the people they're targeting, and yeah. then once they get shot in the game, they poison them to death. So Shinon is being targeted, so she realizes that she there is someone in her apartment waiting to kill her if she gets shot in the game, and that's really scary. So. It's weird because I was like not sold on the whole magic gun that kills you in the game scary mm-hmm. part at all. And then they drop that, that there's someone in her apartment watching her. And it's like, oh, it's so fuck, like, that's, oh, awesome. that's horrifying. Because they're like, yeah. they're like sleep paralyzed while they're in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the idea, like, if she just logs out, then if she just like kills herself in the game and logs out then like she's just there in the apartment with the murderer and she'll see his face and it's like oh man that's really scary and effective um so then <sighs> it, it, go, it goes kind so of bad at the so, end is that what you're just struggling with this, so are, we, after, are we about to approach the, the scene stuff. are we approaching the scene <sighs> so between there's the nice end pair there's a nice ending bit and then there's a nice ending bit, and then there's the bit in the game, and then there's a rape peril bit. Good, good, fantastic. Which well, is the as we've established, exact, the killer is in her room, and then there's a extended which is assault the exact scene. Same way that the second arc ended. That's crazy. The second arc ends the same way. It's not just, with the same exact circumstances, but in the second arc, it's literally like somebody is assaulting a girl in front of Kirito to make him oh mad, and then, he kill, and then he kills the guy because he defiled his trophy. It's oh, so, wow. It's so shitty. Sorry, I should have done a TW. Um, and then, like, literally, I was just like, how are you going to handle this show? And then, like, halfway through, Kirito bursts in and to her real-life apartment and kicks uh. off the guy 
and I'm just like Jesus show the and I uh, she actually knocks him out after he actually overpowers real life Kirito so I was like okay I guess that is good feminism <laughs> God Sword Art Online like, got terrible when it turned into feminism. <laughs> So this wasn't the fun arc I wanted okay, to talk we're, about. This, this is, is the all foreplay. Um, this was... So I, I just want to apologize because it's really shitty and I shouldn't have recommended it as gleefully as I did. I thought I mentioned the, the awful way. Well, you did. I forgot about that and then I got to it. It was like, oh, right. Oh, right. Because I didn't want to like rush it under the rug, but I feel like it's way shittier than I let on. And it's it's real bad. Yeah. Don't watch Sword Art Online. Um, so... But... It was all worth it, of course, <laughs> because I did get to watch, after a brief filler arc, there's Mother's Rosario, which is a treasure <laughs> that I was really, that I got, immediately got shared, like, with a bunch of friends, like, calling up friends and family to tell them about the Sao arc. Oh, my because God. Because this was so much. What? Like, that arc was bad in pretty much the way we expected it to be. Mother's Rosario. It's so much more. More! So. More! We need more! Flush all those bad feelings out of your system because this is something else entirely. <laughs> all right. This is this is the Asuna arc, which is good because we haven't had much time with Asuna even though he's Kirito, she's Kirito's wife. Yeah, weird, huh? Uh, yeah. Strong female characters. How does he write so, how does he write so many of them? Like, how does he do it? He just knocks it out of the park every time. Um... And Kirito is barely in the arc, okay. except uh, which is which is automatic improvement, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a girl sitting under a tree, challenging anyone in the game world to beat her. And she fights a bunch of different people. She fights Kirito. She beats Kirito, but it's sort of implied that Kirito is holding back. Oh jeez. Um, and then she fights Asuna. And then after the fight with Austin, she's like, you're the one. I pick you. And it turns out that she was auditioning people to join her team to go on a big adventure. And this whole arc is about Asuna making a new friend. And Wait, Asuna's allowed to have friends? She's allowed? Asuna <laughs> has conversations with what? What? other characters. What? With Kirito, not even in the room. He's not even yeah. around. That's allowed? Yeah. It's allowed. She has a complicated relationship with her mom because she comes from a rich family and her mom is placing a lot of pressures on her. And her mom also has weird feelings about um, how sh- deep she is into these MMOs after she literally was locked in an MMO <laughs> for two years. Right. And she feels a little weird about that. Um, and there's a scene earlier on where her mom forcibly disconnects her from the MMO oh, during, in a, during a conversation she's having with this new friend. Because she was to dinner, and it's like, oh shit, what is she? And she threatens to do it again, and if she does it again, she will take it away, period. And it's like, oh shit, Austin is forming these real relationships in the context of the game, and her conflict with her mom is getting in the way of that. And she's, they play out the big dungeon raid that this team wanted to do. They really wanted to get one last raid in before their guild disbands in spring. And it plays out, and I'm just waiting for like the mom to disconnect it, but it doesn't happen. They just have this ama- this nice fight together, and they all love each other, and it's very sweet. And it's kind of, it feels kind of gay. It's nice, actually. 
like okay. they like hold hands and they like hold okay. hands and hug a bunch and it's very sweet um and i'm like okay so now we have this nice friendship how is this gonna break bad with the mom <laughs> yeah yeah um, what, going this, is, this is a good this is a good setup we have this juicy conflict we have this new relationship i'm so ready for this so then asana says to the friend i want to be friends even after you did disband the guild and then the friend starts crying and logs out and asana doesn't see her for three days and she so i'm like whoa that's weird and then with kirito's help she tracks her down in real oh boy. life to a hospital. Edge of my seat here, John. <laughs> to the terminal ward of a hospital. Oh, and geez. it turns out, <laughs> and it turns out that all of the friends in Asuna's new guild are terminally ill hospital patients <laughs> who are friends together. I want to quit. I want to quit. <laughs> I want out. I just want out. I can't. This is halfway through the arc. Oh my! This is halfway through the arc. Fucking Christ! <laughs> so they gave Asuna a friend just so they could kill her. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> but wait, we haven't gotten to the blue screen moment. Oh, oh man! She gets to. She meets the doctor for her special for her friend. <laughs> And the doctor takes her to the room and explains her condition as as he as she he takes her there, and she we eventually see her and she's like locked. She is just in the VR world for the last two years because she's so the VR dulls pain, so it's right. actually like pain relief. Yeah. In addition to she's weak and can't go around, she she can't really leave the sterile environment um, because the doctor teases this out, um, but her mom. Dirt had a C-section and for twins and had a blood transfusion during the C-section and got a virus and gave the virus to both of her twin children giving birth and eventually to her husband. And now all of her, both her mom and her dad and her twin sister have all died of the virus. And now she's the only one left and she has like three months left to live or something. And then the sign and then Asuna asks him, what is the virus? And he says, she has AIDS. <laughs> not like a f- oh, weird sci-fi disease. Oh not anything my, else. Well, Asuna's, gr- Asuna's I, girlfriend is dying I, of AIDS. I, I, and that uh, is the plot of Mother's Bizarre. I, I can't. I just can't. I really, I fucking can't. <laughs> I know what I what story I can tell. I can do this justice. You're literally doing the gays and AIDS story, aren't you? Oh, oh wow. my god! Why does this fucking pile of trash exist? It's so much, and then the entire back half of the arc is no fighting. She puts a camera on her shoulder and takes her to a day at school and they do more stuff together and it's all and then like takes her to her old house 
like virtually tours all these things and they just bond as she's dying. Oh my god. I want to die. I want to die. I want to <laughs> die. It is two and a half episodes and then the ending episode has a 10 minute sequence of her finally dying. Oh god. And and the doctor rushes her to the hospital in real life where she's out of the machine and Asuna holds her hand and she can't really speak. And then she's Asuna's like, no, she wouldn't want this. Put her back in the machine. Can I use the machine next door? So then they put her into the machine and Asuna leaves her bedside so that they can go into the VR world together where they go to the tree where they first met. But then, and then... <laughs> Her friend teaches Asuna her special 11-hit sword combo that only she knows. And it is played as an, intense, as an intensely dramatic and moving moment. I fucking... I despise this series! Oh my god! None of this is, like, paying off anything from any of the preceding arcs. It's just out of nowhere. We're gonna introduce a new friend and then kill her. And then there's an ex- and then she becomes too weak even in the game. And then Asuna holds her hands and then she, uh, holds her under the tree. And then she's like, "I'm just glad I could spend my final moments with someone I love." And then a bunch, all of her friends come. And then like there's a fireworks thing that somebody organized as she dies in the VR world. I hate everything about this. Oh my god! <laughs> but don't worry. There's a five-minute scene where the lessons that Asuna learned from her friend who was dying of AIDS helped her reconcile her relationship with her mom. So it helped solve her problems, really. (sighs) And then it ends with her real-life funeral. And then this this, this is how the season ends. Jesus Christ! That sounds so bad. This what is, is, you, what is wrong life. with you people that genuinely like this? <laughs> how, what are you? How do you get any genuine fucking emotion or connection out of this? This isn't real. This is the fakiest, fake, crappiest hack bullshit I've heard in my life. That's what I, I talked through it with a with a wise friend, and that helped me kind of process all the ways this was so shitty. Just like what is just, the overall tone of the series to where they think this is an appropriate arc to do? I have no idea. This is like that one. Like every arc is different. This is like that one uh, game review from way back in the day where it was like it was for Tomb Raider two, and the guy was like, "The story is kind of bad. What if there was a story about how Lara Croft got breast cancer? Like wh- what? <laughs> <laughs> Why, what? What? <laughs> That's exactly what Sword Art Online is doing, but for real." And and again, like you said, it's the hackiest way to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> because they j- in, literally just introduced this friend and made you care about it just to die. Yeah. Like, they did not they did not put anybody you know about in danger. Mm. They did not make any meaningful status quo changes. They didn't give Asana an illness she had to face down. It was, here's a new friend so that we can kill her. Yeah, like, and make you feel feelings. Here, and here's, it's so, it's so like soapy, I guess. Yeah, like this is just like emotionally manipulative as any key visual novel, really. <laughs> Get dunked. Um, and I think that that was what it what hit it for me. It's like 
because there's no through line for Sword Art Online because it just is there's no plan he's just writing bullshit on his website and then he gets bored and he just goes on to the next thing yeah there's no overarching story here he's just dicking around um so the one through line of it is a tendency to go really hard not in the good way but into making these large gestures towards feelings without doing any effort to earn or follow up on the consequences of them so that's why the first season Asuna and Kirito get married after like an episode that's why they have a kid and then they just don't really meaningfully follow up on that that's why in the second arc they have all this bullshit all of this bullshit Ugh. that is not followed that's why the third arc they have all of this bullshit that they can't manage because you don't have an author that just, can write anything that's consistent because he's not interested either yeah he's just dicking around writing things he thinks will be big feelings yeah like it's not it's not just like low po- like there's a filler arc in the middle here that where that was not based on an, on a Kawahara story, and it's just three episodes of they go into a dungeon and then fight a hard boss, <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, so this is kind of what a normal lazy writer would do with this premise. This is what, but this is what Kawahara does. It's still lazy. It's still hacky, but it's not normal. It's going through that complete over-the-top soap bullshit. And then Mother's Rosario goes so... And you just can just tell how proud he was of this. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Oh, my God. This is so good. This I is tackled so that. I tackled the real difficult subject matter of terminal illness. People can relate <laughs> to that. That's a real thing that happens. People actually die. I'm David Cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Is it David Cage? That would make, That makes sense, actually. Yeah, like that might is, be the right comparison. This is literally like David Hage, David Cage hackiness. You you wanted to say hack right away, so you, I did. I wanted David to get Hage. hack out real fast. But you knew what we were going for, but it's just like Jesus fucking Christ, Kawahara, Jesus, so Christ. So this season's real bad. It's real evil. Um, it took me. It was a slow burn to me, kind of realizing the extent to how bad and hacky and evil it was. Yeah, um, but I'm I'm there now. Uh, again, Welcome. low Welcome, place, John. having COVID. Um, did they put sorry, that on the? Did they put that on the COVID website that it, it gives you bad taste in anime too? Is that one of the <laughs> symptoms now? One of the late game symptoms is you got a you have an indescribable need to watch Kitty Grade. Oh God. <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry, Tom, because I know that I know that I got you to watch this and that you liked it. I, I'm sorry to dunk. You duped him uh, into liking I'm it. Sorry. You duped somebody. I'm, I am sorry, Rhett. <laughs> I am sorry, world. This is my penance. Um, <laughs> Sword Art Online is just thoroughly wretched. Yeah. And Simple Gear is much better. Well, and <laughs> there's of course, the episode. <laughs> there it is! That's a note <laughs> to rap on, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Tom says it was fine. I've read worse. I've watched worse. Um, I think the show's like pretty. It's like well, pretty well produced. Um, even though there's even when there's no action. Um, eh, I don't know. I like the I like the girls' designs. Sometimes I, I like them. 
I don't know. There's nothing here. It's terrible. <laughs> don't watch Sword Heart Online. I might watch Alicization in like a year. Once you catch just, that, you know. Once you catch, catch the 2021 virus. Yeah. Well, let's catch that. There you go. That'll be right. It might, it might happen, or I might be free. It just the same way I might play another Sweet Coden game at some point. It's just who knows. Hey, you might Basically. even watch another Simple Gear season at some point. Yeah, that is a level up. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to end on a on a evil note. Right. <laughs> well, you could talk about a little bit about ReZero. <clears throat> That's true. Let's let, light at the tunnel. I won't dwell on it because I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. Um, I started. I, I literally was just like staring down barrel of a gun, just like do it. No, sorry. That's a that's that's a tasteless. I'm sorry. It's Sword Art Online is making me tasteless. Um, I was just like I. You were boring over the cliff, about to watch Sword Art Online three. That might that might also be tasteless. I'm not sure. Um, I was thinking about watching Sword Art Online season three, just keeping the train going. Yeah. And then I thought, or Path of Light, watch ReZero because that's also an isekai. It's also about a cool boy. Also has lots of cool girls. Gives me it'll give me everything I want while also being fun. And it has just been light and day, night and day. It has drama and jokes and energy. It's weird how when you put a competent writer behind a concept, you can actually come out with a pretty good product at the end. Mm-hmm. It's just a good story with people I care about, and there's like, oh, I'm so having such a good time. I, I got to the the episode Rhett really wanted me to get to, and it yeah. was just like this extremely exposed nerve, raw meltdown <laughs> and the follow-up to it. Uh-huh. And it was just extremely moving and extremely good. And I'm really excited to see more of this, and I'm excited to watch the second season, which just started airing. So, that's... Which, that which was means the, wait, like, half a year or yeah. more. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So, <laughs> Cyrus says a loss of taste is associated with. Oh COVID. my god, that's, that's pretty good riff right here. <laughs> that's pretty good riff on COVID right there. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny when people actually manage to do original COVID jokes because <laughs> you don't see a lot of them because everyone makes all the jokes uh, right yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Get it out of your system. And then you come um, up with those really late game ones. <laughs> just the, the solid bangers. Thank you. Th- thank you, Sarah, for that. So I am, I'm going to finish probably ReZero Season 1 after this podcast. I'm probably going to start. I'm probably going to start ReZero this week. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. That's awesome. I got to the part that sparked discourse back in the day, so now I'm, I feel very confident. Like, oh, no, those people were full of shit. This show's <laughs> yeah. real good. Turns out I had no people... idea that there was controversy over that episode hmm yeah yeah we can talk about that later yeah it's, we will probably there, there will probably be a zero talk next episode I imagine so oh I can't wait cool thank you <clears throat> thank you all for thank you all for the mon- listening to the monologue cool cool so are we the are we done monologue. are we done I am done are I'm we done. good we're all good all right so again we want you all to tune in Next Sunday, at around 5 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be running down the top 99 games of the decade. It's going to be fantastic, I promise. We put a lot of work into this. Uh, it's a very, it's, We're still very excited about it, and we hope you are too. Uh, I am very excited about it. 
Uh, and on Wednesday, there will be an interview episode going up with Miss Trixie, who is an international cosplayer and uh, uh, owner of the CSSN, the Cosplay Survival Support Network. It was a, it was a great time talking to her. It was a good time. So, uh, anyway, uh, we're gonna go ahead and start getting on out of here. But John Thire, tell the fine folks at home where they can find you online if they want to keep up. Farawaytimes.itch.io <laughs> and Rats. Uh, Twitter.com slash ret for nonstop pictures of Hebe Key from Simple Gear. That's literally all you do now, isn't it? That's that's just your thing. Well, she oh, is, God. like, really cool. It, what I love is just how cool she is. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that think you're cool. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I'm a good, such a good, real good person.